um, doing absolutely fantastic. I'm here with you guys. Yeah, good, good. Lazy Sunday morning, visiting some family, so I'll just be mainly listening today when I can. Awesome. What's new in your world? Oh, not a lot. Same old, same old, just sitting here patiently waiting. <laughs> like the rest of us, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you being here. Let me go ahead and give Mr. Rocket the mic. Moon, I don't know if you wanted to come up and and speak. Uh, I gave Evergrow love. There we go. Evergrow love, how you doing? Rocket's here too. Doing good. Did I beat Rocket up here? Please tell me I beat you Rocket did. up here. Barely. Barely. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm done. I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> Glad to be here, man. I love your spaces. Ah, uh, man, I appreciate it so much. Appreciate it. How you doing? How you doing, Moon? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, hanging in there. How's Rocket doing today? Hey guys, how are you? Not too bad. You have uh, another busy Saturday for you, or what? The fun never stops. <laughs> I believe it. I absolutely <laughs> believe it. Yeah, so let's see who else we got in here today. We got Rick B, Michael Garber, Frank NFTs, of course. We got Simon Drakefist. We got Mr. Don. Habibi. Habibi, you're supposed to be in bed. You said goodnight like uh, a little while ago. You got insomnia. You want to you put you to sleep? Is that what it is? Talk you to sleep. I can do that. Habibi the pug. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate you being here, man. You got EGC Mike in here. I saved you. Good to see you, too. Hope uh, your spaces are going well. I don't know if you're still doing those spaces or not. Uh, Will and Hassan, of course. We got On The Go Crypto. David Amadi, good to see you here. It's been a minute. G00 Hornovic. And we got Taxi Man. Who else we got? OXP. Good to see you, too. And we also got Xavier Dominic Shade and Roel. Who else we got here? Socklemania, Miko, good to see you, man. And Croesus. And lastly, Deji W. Hope you guys are having an amazing Saturday. So, Rocket, what's new in your world? What's new in my world? Uh, really, same old, same old. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing new. Yeah, just working hard as usual. Yeah, awesome. Just I appreciate it. Up, I How's uh, how is uh, Mr. Black doing? He's doing well. Awesome. I'm sure keeping busy. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. You thought you were busy before, right? Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> when when nap? Yeah, exactly. When 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 couch? Is that, I when see that couch? a lot. Yeah, I see that a lot in uh, in Discord. When couch. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys being here today. We'll get right into the space, unless anybody has something they want to bring up real quick. And yeah, so welcome to space number 58. You know, we talk about the usual stuff. Evergrow, Luna Sky, NFT Marketplace, Lucro, Atlas Wallet. You know me, Evergrow Steve. As always, on these spaces, we talk about crypto news, recent scams you should be aware of. And we also talk, if we have them, uh, project updates. But I thank you guys all for joining, sharing your part of the weekend with us and the rest of the community. So, yeah, the first thing I was going to mention as I ran across a really good space on Tuesday. It was Ippy Space. And uh, 
I've, there was a second time that I've been part of the Alpha Hour space. Highly recommend you guys go and take the time. Listen to it every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 8 uh, p.m. Eastern. Always a really, really great listen. Uh, last time uh, they had the um, Creepy Critters on, and that was a really fascinating NFT project. Um, I just uh, learned a lot. Um, I, I had no idea. And um, they're migrating, I think, from being uh, Binance over to Poly, if I'm not mistaken, pretty soon. Um, if you get a chance to catch a recording, um, I would highly recommend it. Really, really innovative project. It looks like they put a lot of thought into it. So, yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot to cover. Um, let's see. Let's dig in, shall we? So, normally during the week, I kind of try to comb through the news, find you guys something interesting. You know, unfortunately, a lot of it revolves around SBF and you know FTX and all that stuff. A more interesting story, uh, which I found, was um, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary. And I guess he, uh, I knew he was kind of promoting uh, the FTX, but I had no idea. Um, this was uh, an article on, I think it was Cointelegraph. TV's Kevin O'Leary, all the crypto cowboys are going to be gone soon, is an interview with him. Um, but entrepreneur and television personality was paid $15 million by FTX for, check this out, 20 service hours. 20 social posts, one virtual launch, and 50 autographs. That's what 15 million will get you with Kevin O'Leary. And uh, according to Michael Lewis's new book, Going Infinite, Kevin O'Leary, the Canadian entrepreneur and television personality, was uh, reportedly served as a paid spokesperson for the now collapsed FTX exchange, thinks the era of what he calls crypto cowboys is waning and the industry shifts to be regulated. All the crypto cowboys that were uh, the founders of the industry, O'Leary said in the interview on Coindesk TV, sorry, they were all going to be gone soon. They all have arrows in their backs. Despite all of this, O'Leary remains optimistic about crypto, but won't get involved in an exchange unless it's 100% compliant. The promise of crypto still remains. It's still there, he said. When you invest in venture capital, 8 out of 10 will fail. And I think we're seeing a lot of that in the crypto space. But uh, I wonder, I wonder if um, in his previous posts, you know how some people got in trouble with the SEC over not disclosing what um, that they were being paid. I wonder if he did that. I wonder if he disclosed that he was a paid sponsor of FTX. Uh, I would think if he wasn't, the SEC should uh, maybe come up, knock on the door maybe and pay him a little visit. We'll see how that happens. But yeah, I'm going to actually do a little bit of investigating and see if he actually did that or not. He's a pretty smart guy. I don't think he would probably roll the dice in that one. Um, what else we got here? This one is on Axios. Uh, fight over shrinking NFT market as marketplaces foresee the next boom. Marketplaces are fighting hard for market share right now, anticipating the next big boom in NFTs. Why does it matter? The NFT market is down from the heady days of 2021 and will look very different when it comes back. NFTs are trading about $1 million a day, or 100, I'm missing part of that number here. Um, NFTs are trading about $100 million a day, or $100 million in a week in volume. That's on Ethereum, still the main hub for big money NFT trading. Obviously, that's more than enough to keep some nice businesses running, but those numbers were way, way down from prior highs. For several weeks in 2022, the volumes broke a billion dollars. Across the board, NFT sales are at a two-year low. Volume fell through the latter half of 2022, but it then started to perk up. The culprit seems to be 
the new marketplace called Blur. Between the lines, OpenSea, the standard bearer of NFT market, is no longer the only game in town. It once represented basically all the volume in the market, but these days it only has about 24%. That's an amazing change in uh, just a very short period of time. It shows you how fast things change. Blur brought lots of attention. It let buyers ignore NFT creators' requests for royalty payments, saving them precious uh, margins, first of all. In November, Axios reported that NFT markets would give up enforcing royalties, and OpenSea, the most noteworthy holdout for royalties, capitulated within uh, last month. More crucially, Blur changed its mechanics of buying and selling. Think of OpenSea as a retail store. Blur brought wholesale mechanics for folks looking for more volume. But Blur also did something that OpenSea has refused to do. It created a token. The token that was given to people who made trades and made liquidity on Blur. The company has continuously changed and refined and added nuance to how its tokens get distributed, requiring traders to stay on their toes to maximize their yield. But at the end of the day, it's simple. Blur put a new kind of free money in the arena, and people wanted that free money. For good or for bad, that tends to be a bit of a winner-takes-all, or at least a winner-takes-most effect in, the sort of, in that sort of marketplace. If all this stuff is in one place, it's easier to find what you want. And then for sellers, particularly sellers who want to auction stuff, it's even better for all the buyers to be in one place. But the big picture, consensus outside of crypto that NFTs are gone, never to return. But Brady uh, has said here, mark my words, the sector will come roaring back one day. This is not a prediction. I have, I have no, uh, no attribution about making. NFTs are understood broadly as trading pictures, but that's just the surface. They are, in fact, the trading of digital property. NFTs came along in roughly 2017, depending on which iterations one counts, which basically means the notion of digital property is nearly 10 years behind. I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't realize it was that long. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. I, I kind of, yeah, I understand OpenSea gets a lot of their volume simply because they're the biggest, but I think it's a rapidly changing place. And um, it could be tub dog one minute and not tub, tub dog the next. Yeah, precisely. I, 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 I keep trying to understand from a business perspective, I guess, what is OpenSea's goal with this? As you said, you know, NFTs are seeing kind of a little small boom. Um, you, you're seeing a lot of NFT collections popping up. You're seeing marketplaces popping up again. And my question is, what are they trying to achieve? I, I genuinely don't understand. Of course, they are the biggest, yes. But like you said, that can change on a whim. And every single decision OpenSea executives have done over this year have been just just bad decisions at least in my view uh for the company for the 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 creators and even for the collectors i mean we are talking fees upon fees a 10 percent fee a hundred dollars cost to deploy your collection no royalties i i i'm trying to understand what are they trying to do exactly because all the from what i've seen you, you can look at blurry you can look at rareable you can you can look at luna sky for that matter their fees are not even close to that so i i don't understand the business strategy here i really don't yeah i'll give you my thoughts but uh ck please no i was just gonna piggyback over moon said too i'm like i'm also perplexed um 
like they're they're doing the opposite of what you should do like in every decision like i don't know if they're like purposely trying to ruin their company i i'm also confused so go ahead steve well um so being an investment backed company i would go after where their volume comes from which is not very transparent they won't they won't tell you where the most of the money comes from i would hazard to guess they have some big accounts that are the high volume big dollar amounts right that's what drives OpenSea. the small potatoes uh independent creator who you know pops up a small collection of nfts in a year is probably not they don't really care about that there's just no money in it so my guess is they're going after um big dollars and and so maybe they're making sweetheart deals with these uh, big creators so that they don't have to do the same thing it wouldn't surprise me um they're desperate. I think they're desperate looking for a way to stay competitive in an environment that is highly, highly like cutthroat. I think they're focusing on the wrong thing. Rocket, please. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they've grown so big and there are likely so many uh, layers separating the people making these decisions uh, to the folks that are actually, you know, having any awareness of what's going on in the market. Um, I don't think they realize what they're doing. I think they're just looking at the looking at a spreadsheet. It makes sense, right? Volumes down. You try to squeeze as much profit and revenue as you can out of it. But uh, I don't think they're looking one two years down the road. I think it's survival. They're looking at survival right now, and um, it's a race to the bottom. I hate to say it. It's a race to the bottom, and. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, how do we squeeze people as much as possible in order to um, really kind of maintain market share or at least make money out of this? And so that's my thoughts. Um, I don't think they're particularly transparent on what is their staffing. How many people do they have? Um, are they laying off? Are they hiring? Um, so with that's not when they don't have that information, you're speculating unless it becomes public knowledge through the news. Uh, Ever go love? Do you have a comment on that? Yeah, you know I always go the other way with things, so I just thought I'd give a different perspective. So first off, I'm sure, just going to say that I'm just going to say that I hope OpenSea destroys themselves actually because it's better for us. But <laughs> on the on the reality of this, um, I look I compare OpenSea to what other companies have done, and if you look at Coca Cola, made some very bad decisions years and years ago nike has made some bad decisions um even budweiser and coors i mean every company out there has made bad decisions at one point but it actually made them stronger because they became more what you would consider going after an elite crowd or a specific crowd by doing that so i don't know if their strategy is so much to push business away as it is to make themselves elite in a way and a more recognizable brand like you know, Coke and Nike and Apple and, and all these other ones that have made bad decisions before. Um, but I kind of, this kind of goes down. You got to really pay attention to what's going on with all the NFT stuff because um, I made that post about Casales winning against uh, DigiR earlier and it was a multi-million dollar lawsuit that he won um, because there was nothing actually ever signed. And, uh, DigiArt was trying to take him for 50% of all profits. And, you know, I just try to compare everything. 
uh, and try to t- take the news as a whole. But I also, when I look at companies like this, I look at past what companies have done in the past and bad decisions they've made. You know, we made we made a decision to push out a previous version of our marketplace, which it was good, but it wasn't what we needed. And, you know, we've stepped back and we've redesigned it and became a better marketplace. And uh, basically we're going after a different purpose, which is the community driven uh, aspect of it. You know, you really don't know what OpenSea is doing until everything's clear. You, you know, the I do see one scenario where they could turn everything around, uh, really drop a hat. And that would be if they did drop a token. I think if they did drop a token um, and they implemented a strategy, you know, similar to what Blur is doing, uh, I think they could take it back. But I don't know if they're going to do that. I just don't know. Yeah, you made a really good point, Everglove. Um, I guess the people would make the assumption that they're making bad decisions and and from the outside looking in, it looks uh, unwise. And uh, But I don't think they're stupid people behind there. I think they're just kind of making a, maybe um, sometimes just make a decision on the fly, trying to basically try to, maybe they have a certain amount of expenses. I really don't know. But one thing that, I remember a story years ago uh, about Ray-Ban sunglasses, where they were always considered an exclusive brand. They um, were sold in kind of higher-end higher end stores, um, and they decided that to get more market share, they were going to start uh, opening up uh, sales to um, places like uh, um, just normal stores, gas stations even. And they... Um, which sound like a great idea, right? You know, put your product out there, but the, and then they brought the price down so that it'd be more affordable. And they actually lost market share and they cheapened the brand by doing that. And so it really cost them their business that way. So they re-strategized and realized that, you know, that, hey, this is a, selling in a gas station is not going to maintain the, um, the, the brand name that we have. Ray-Ban meant, meant something to people at one time. So by doing that, they cheapened their own brand and they made a mistake and they lost, they lost a lot of money because of it. So perhaps OpenSea is positioning themselves, like you were saying, as kind of the high-end NFT market, where they're exclusive uh, NFT market for the big players in the, in the space. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all if that's the way they want to go with it. However, that, that's true. There, there's nothing wrong with it, Steve. Uh, sorry for interrupting. I, I just feel like it's it's different, right? If OpenSea had started, you know, as these companies, you know, luxury high-end companies that we're discussing, right? That's what we're comparing it to. Um, let's say, you know, whether it's Lamborghini or Gucci or uh, Versace or whatever it is, uh, from the very get-go, from the very beginning, that's who they were, right? That's who they focused on, the, the, the 1% of the population. Right. The, 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 you know, they focused on people who had uh, the money to begin with. They, they were higher class. They were higher quality. You know, they weren't interested in, you know, us plebs. Let's put it that way. Right. But that's how they started. That's how they've always been. OpenSea didn't start that way. OpenSea started with those plebs and they built from there. 
And I think the problem arises when you try to switch that. So now that you're big enough, right, now you want to abandon those who built you up to that because you weren't focused on the on the super exclusivity when you started OpenSea. But now you want to do that. And that comes across as incredibly abrasive. That doesn't come across well. And, and I don't see, especially one, two, three years in the future, this being a good decision at all. At all. Uh, because mostly the biggest problem with it is it gathers a lot of hatred. A lot of, you know, people feel betrayed. Uh, nobody feels betrayed from, you know, Gucci because they never pandered to, um, you know, low prices uh, with their clothing. They were always exclusive. They were always the top, top. But OpenSea wasn't. But they want to become that. And I think that's ultimately what the problem is. Ever go love, please jump in. Yeah, I think you need to. So I don't think it's so much OpenSea thinks they're Lamborghini and they're going to try to go to the public. I think it's the same way, like I said, some of the major brands out there started. They started at the public and they've become exclusive. Um, you, you, you've got people paying three, $400 for a freaking pair of shoes just because it's got a logo on it. You know, you've got people doing certain things, but those companies recently were boycotted and they still came out on top. But I think the difference here is the traditional methods of marketing and exposure to actually capture a greater audience and bring them into awareness for your product is going to be completely different than what we're doing in crypto. It's the same thing. You know, they can try this and it might work, but the odds of it working is like the odds of saying, hey, we need to market Luna Sky by putting us on billboards and television and radio ads and stuff. You know, it's not the same thing. So, yeah, they might be able to pull it off, but they're trying traditional methods to me, and this is just the way I see it, to bring themselves more into an awareness state and get the free publicity out of it, which, I mean, they're getting huge publicity right now because people are talking about them like crazy. So it depends on what they do on the outcome of this, you know. But this is a traditional method. This is a marketing ploy, to, in in my opinion, to change things. I mean, a, a lot of your big companies have done the same thing. They've made changes that the that the general public did not like. They they boycotted companies. They did things. They didn't like their marketing, something. And then, boom, all of a sudden, they're bigger tomorrow than they were the day before. You know? So, but like I said, this is crypto. This is different. We can't just go out and do the traditional things that every other company has done. We've got a different audience. We've got a different avenue of approach and a different re until crypto becomes worldwide accepted and used by everybody. And it's it's like the the average fiat. It, you can't use traditional methods. When, uh, my, my, my big question is looking at the decisions that OpenSea is making. I I really can't I can't put my finger on who they're targeting. Who who is their customer at this exactly. point? Who are they after? I just don't know. Because you're not after communities because you're killing royalties and you're just extracting from communities. Um you're not after big projects because I mean they I'm not sure if they made a, a deal with Yuga or not, but they they bailed. 
you know, I don't know who they're targeting. Like who who's going to be using OpenSea? Who's the OpenSea customer? Part of it, you know, I was um, looking at another news story. I wasn't going to really talk about it, but um, so Sotheby's, uh, they're a big auction house. They're probably one of the more exclusive auction houses. They partnered up with Ledger uh, hard wallets. So Ledger is going to provide free uh, hard wallets to uh, top NFT collectors that buy their art through uh, Sotheby's. So this association is really important because here you have this top auction house, right? And now you're associating them with that. So they get that kind of mutual respect of, you know, where the, oh, these are exclusive brands, right? So I'm wondering if in the same kind of way of thinking, OpenSea is trying to represent themselves as an exclusive brand with, a, you know, with exclusive NFTs, high dollar. And when it, it doesn't really matter with royalties, they don't really care about royalties as long as they're making the big trades, right? You know, we have multi, um, what is what is a real big, you know, one of the biggest NFTs, how many ETH are we talking about here? If anybody knows how many ETH are we talking about on, on OpenSea that some of these, if you sell a few of those and you've got a lot of money. CK, please. Now, I was going to chime in. There's a great canvas before. Um, but so the difference that I see um, from comparing it to these luxury brands, like everyone always says Lamborghini, like you never see them make a commercial because they don't need to be on TV commercials, right? They have their demographic. Um, in the finance space, maybe it's them like making backdoor, like kind of like deals or negotiations where they're going to kind of be selling out to more of the traditional finance market makers uh, and making the increasing the barrier for entry, therefore undefying the finance and making it so it's for people that are already wealthy, what TradFi is, right? Um, maybe that's what they're going for and they have all these VC investors lined up. That I could potentially see as viable. Uh, Evergrove Love, please. Yeah, I was just going to kind of comment on on some of that. I do agree that they probably have something working in the background, but um, as a, it's not a necessarily a plug for us, even though it is. But um, I think the outcome of this is going to depend on who's going after what. So, like OpenSea right now, they're basically destroying their relationship with communities and such. But are they going after another goal? Well, the good news is, is you have another NFT marketplace called LunaSky, which is building these communities and supporting these communities and has the potential to bring them in. And I think it's going to be a battle. I think I really do. I mean, they're going to go after one thing. We're going after another. And I think the because it's crypto, the bigger community driven supportive project is going to win. On the go crypto. Mr. Patience, go ahead. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound loud and clear. Yeah, great, thank you. How are you doing, I'm doing man? great, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for having the space, as always, and a lot of great points. And uh, uh, I, you know, you guys were talking about how things, the decisions they're making and, and how they seem so, so terrible, and I can't believe they're doing this, and neither can I, and neither can any of us, right? But it's one thing that I just can't shake is... I can't forget like how how Devin and Fincher and Alex Atala are 33 and 32 years old consecutively. Like 
these guys are not <laughs> seasoned business acumen tycoons of any kind. You know, they're fresh out of college, working startups, coming with ideas. You know, they had several different ideas before it blossomed into what became OpenSea. And those things were good ideas and they got acquired and things like that. But it's not like these guys are, you know, of logic, sound in mind when it comes to the correct healthy business decisions to make you know like i see you guys always joking in the discord and, and on twitter about how uh maybe sam will let us switch from two ply up you know um and it's always so funny to me because it's those kind of sacrifices through the bear market and the things that you know the team is you guys have all had to do to keep us viable so that we can even be in the bull market again those kind of things i feel like those fine-tuning decisions get lost when each of the founders of a project are, are worth $2.2 billion. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost like I don't care what anybody thinks. Um, and then also another thing I, I, I thought was interesting is I've been seeing how Sam has highlighted a lot recently about uh, how we are not in any way any of the products or services that Evergrow provides or the coins associated with the ecosystem are based in any way or affiliated in any way with the United States. And you know, we got to remember OpenSea is headquartered in, you know, in New York. So did they maybe step on some toes, grow too fast, uh, and they're on the way out and they know it? So, hey, we're going to take every dime we can get our hands on before they shut the door on us. You know, I can't help but wonder if maybe they've pissed somebody off and, you know, it got too big too fast. Because when you're in New York City and you're, you flash the way that they do, and then you, like you guys have just been saying, uh, it's almost as if they just don't care that they're spitting in their community and their lifeblood's face. It almost seems so reckless that it, it, you wonder if it's by design. That's all I got, guys. Thanks for having me in. No, nah, man, really good comments. I really appreciate it. You know, where you were talking about that, it, it, it's something kind of came into my mind. And that is, um, there's a, a, I think it's called the Howey test. And one of the rules or one of the, the, um, the things that they talk about with the Howey test is that is that there's an expectation of profit. So I wonder by having royalties in there that been built into the NFTs, there's that expectation of profit and puts them kind of on that edge of, you know, are they uh, are they considered a commodity? Are they considered a security? All of these things that you know that the SEC and the companies at the that have been kind of beat down by the SEC have kind of got to think about right or wrong, right? So um, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the equation. I don't know. Moon, what do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, you made some points. Everybody's made some good points um, and some perspectives that I, I hadn't even thought about. Um, that being said, I, I, I still remain, at least personally, unconvinced um, because ultimately it just doesn't make sense to me. What made the most sense to me um, of all of your takes has been the undergrow crypto one when he said. You know, could be that they stepped on some toes. Could be the SEC is after them. Could be New York State is after them. Could be so that would make the most sense. And then just increase fees and just do an exit uh, one or two years down the line. Now that would make sense because the alternative is, like Rocket said, who are you targeting? Who's your audience? Who who are you trying to sell this idea? of somehow a premium class NFT marketplace too. 
Because that doesn't make sense to me. See, here's the thing. Uh, you see people wearing Gucci proudly because of that logo, because of that brand, because of what it represents. You see people wearing Lamborghini t-shirts, again, proudly, and you know, uh, because of what that name represents. I'm sorry, who's wearing open sea t-shirts? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> right. Who, who in the heck is wearing open sea t-shirts? Who, who is, you know, trying to get everyone to know that they minted on open sea? Uh, okay. And, and nobody cares what marketplace you did your NFTs on. If people wear t-shirts, it's t-shirts of the NFTs and the communities they're in, not of OpenSea. So, again, I think Rocket really hit the nail on the head when he asked that question. Who is this for? So that's why, ultimately, I, I think this is a terrible business decision. Rocket, please. Go ahead, jump in. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it really is hard to understand what, what the goal is. And the difference between a lot of these luxury brands that you know we're, we're kind of comparing OpenSea to is that these luxury brands, they create a product that people love. Right, so they build communities around their product. OpenSea has made no effort to build a community around their product. Uh, it's just that's just not their mo. They are they are a mall. They are a shopping mall, and each NFT project is a luxury store within that mall. But these stores can pack up and go to a different mall, and it doesn't change anything for them. Because in the, the day, OpenSea, and and this is what they're learning now. OpenSea wasn't bringing the volume to these projects and these collections these collections were bringing volume to open sea and everyone knows that now and open sea scrambling really really good point ck please ck if you want to jump in please do yeah sorry i was taking a picture of my um to uh moon's point i think about uh ua your nft it's my it's posting right now in the space uh, it's my uh, Plague NFT sweatshirt <laughs> to to match his point exactly. Yes, I do wear my Plague NFT sweatshirt around, um, but I definitely don't wear an Open Seas T-shirt for sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I never really thought of it that way. You know, I'd probably buy a T-shirt of like Open Sea logo, maybe with the ship is sinking. I'd probably buy that. Uh, but it, it, it's like Rocket said, right? Uh, sorry, Gerson, let me just, just say this. Rocket hit the, the nail on the head again. They're a shopping mall, right? We, <laughs> you can go to a shopping mall in the real world, and you can go to the Gucci store, and you buy and you proudly display your Gucci merchandise that you buy. Okay? The, the, the luxury store in the mall. Now tell me. Who's wearing? Who's going around wearing the mall T-shirts? Eastern Arizona mall T-shirt. Nobody. That that makes no sense. And that's what, that's what OpenSea's trying to do. That's the problem, dude. That is like the quote of the year. Someone's got to record that and post it. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. And, you know, you never really think of it that way. Like, you know, we got Galleria Mall. You know, he's like, nobody wears a Galleria t-shirt. You go to the mall because you want to go to a specific store or place within that mall. They're just kind of the holding, the holding, uh, you know, place for that for that store. You don't really care so much. Yeah, it might be a nice mall and all that stuff, but 
to be honest, I mean, if that store moved to another mall, you'd probably go to that other mall, the one you wanted, right? So, Hassan, thanks for your patience. Appreciate it. Hello. Um, I, I want to say something, and I, I don't want that to be taken out of context in, in any way, shape, or form, or it's bad. It's not bad. Uh, one day, my wife and I went to a church, and the pastor was preaching. He was trying to defend his doctrine by saying how bad another doctrine was. How that pastor does something this way and they don't do it like someone else does. So my, my wife says, she said, why does he have to say that about another doctrine or church? Why doesn't he stick to his doctrine. And I said, yeah, it makes sense. So my point is, I don't think um, OpenSea deserves that much attention from us. I think that, and it's, you know, my opinion, that we need to focus how we can improve, how can we do better than them in, in as much as we can. I know that right now we have the royalty, we have the customer service, but I don't know what else, you know, like, like that would, to me, it would make me more excited than, because I don't care about them. I care about what we do. And I'm sure that there's people like me who cares more about Luna Sky than how bad, they're screwing themselves because at this point, me, I don't know, you know, it, it can be true or it can be false that they're going to, you know, disappear or whatever. I don't know that yet, but we can't or miss, I can't underestimate my opponent because I don't know, you know, everything. They might fail, they might not. You remember the movie, The Negotiator, when the guy says, what if you... What if you're wrong about me and I'm right about them? In this case, it can be the opposite. I don't know. But um, also, you remember what happened with uh, Tesla, right? When was about to go bankrupt. It was said that, oh, they're, they're going bankrupt. It didn't happen. So I'm not saying either way about OpenSea, but I'm just saying that me, from me, like, I wouldn't give them that much attention from me. You know, I would focus more, oh, this is, this is, I'm building. For example, this, and I'm going to finish with this, and I don't want to, I don't want this to be about me, but it's my experience. I was doing, before, during the pandemic, um, well, story long short, I'm trying to go back to do um, English to teach English on YouTube, I, I, I was doing it, but I had to stop because I, I got too busy. So how I can do better than my other opponents without saying, oh, this, uh, they are bad or I'm good, you know, how I can improve them. And I'm doing that right now while I'm listening. I'm doing my planification so I can start recording. Anyway, so that's my, you know, my, and that's how I'm going to present it to my audience. This is how. I'm going to do my vi videos. I'm going to be talking 
in English. Of course, for you guys, my 50% English is not that good, but for somebody who doesn't speak English, my 50% is their 100%, you know. So anyway, uh, yeah, going back to Luna Sky, like I would like to, of course, can't leak anything at this point, but I don't know if you get my point. I don't want to say anything negative. It's, it's not, it's just that they don't deserve, my enemies, my opponent don't deserve that much attention. My audience, on the other hand, deserve to know how I can better their life, how the Luna Sky marketplace is going to be better than them in almost any way possible, you know? Yeah, I think we're fundamentally after very different things. You know, whatever whatever their goal is over at OpenSea is very different from the goal that Luna Sky has. Um, I know personally speaking, and then the, the feeling that I get from the rest of the team is Luna Sky cares about not, it's it's not about the 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 percentage that that project's going to bring. You know, I don't care about Sappy Seals because of how much volume they can bring to the market. I care about the Sappy Seals community and I want them to succeed. I don't care about the Space Riders that community. I care about the Plague, Froggy France. I care about Bandroids. I care about Chainarc. I want them to succeed. And I'm going to do everything that I can to help them to succeed. And, you know, if they make a million dollars, they make a million dollars. If they make a hundred grand, they make a hundred grand. It doesn't matter to me how much money they make for the project. I just want them to succeed. That's it. And there's going to be others that are going to come in as well behind them. And we're just going to support you guys. That's what it's, for me, what it's all about. Um, and, you know, you kind of be, if you take care of that stuff, I think the rest takes care of itself. Personally, that's just how I feel about it. Uh, I'm not too sure if Rocket or Evergrow Love is first, but um, if you don't mind, Rocket, I'll have Evergrow Love come up. Love the first, Love is first. Uh, I appreciate that. That's two firsts against Rocket for today. I'm kind of setting the standard here. Uh, no, I just wanted to hit two points real quick. So, and I'll take these in the order that they came up in the conversation. So, we were talking about, you know, OpenSea is like the mall or whatever. Okay. My version of this was OpenSea is not the mall. OpenSea is like Nike or anybody else. Okay. You can have five stores in a mall, all five stores can sell Nike shoes. You know, it, it, it just depends on what they're going after. And we don't know until everything's done. I don't compare OpenSea to Ferrari or Lamborghini or Gucci or anybody else. I compare OpenSea to the same companies that I can go down here to my gas station and pick up a drink or go to a, a Target and pick up a pair of shoes. It's a, it, their products are available to the general public, but those elite versions of those products, these Nike Air Comrade, whatever they are nowadays that sell for a freaking thousand dollars, you know, those are the ones that you, that they are probably narrowing themselves down to while still trying to appeal to a general public through a sense, but they're going to take their benefits from the general public. They're going to market to those big companies that produce those, those higher dollar items and give them those huge discounts. I mean, that's just where I see this going on the other side on, uh, per what their song was saying, you know, it's not that we're giving OpenSea that much attention, okay? Common business is you must understand your your opponent, 
their successes and their failures in order to better build your own business. So by us evaluating and discussing what OpenSea is doing, it's helping us to prevent making the same mistakes and also helping us to use anything they've been successful at and implement that into our own program. So I believe that Luna Sky is has been watching other marketplaces. They know what they're succeeding at. They know what they're failing at. And we are building something that accomplishes one goal for all of the, you know, between all of those marketplaces, one place, and it's all being supported by the community to support communities. And that's the big thing. So we have to analyze what's going on with other companies, whether it be other wallets, whether it be other marketplaces, anything, and understand success and failures and understand their communities in order to try to capture a portion of those communities as well. Very, very well said. Please, Rocket, jump in. Oh, yeah. Um, so I agree with uh, both Evergrow Love and Gerson because uh, Gerson is right. You don't need to worry about what OpenSea does. You shouldn't have to care. We do. And the reason is OpenSea could have seen Blur coming a mile away. I remember when they popped up, uh, I didn't even want to connect my wallet to it. I thought it was a a wallet trainer. I was like, what the hell is Blur? I'd never heard of this thing before. And instead of taking them seriously, OpenSea just sort of, you know, sat on their uh, uh, <laughs> sat on their hands and just let it happen. And by the time Blur took, you know, almost 70% of their market share, it was too late. They just, uh, they got bowled over. If and it's not, it's not impossible for these things to happen, right? I'm not saying that you know, Luna Sky launches and then we take over the world the next week. But what it what it proved is that uh, you can't be complacent. You just can't. There's a chart that you can find online, uh, you know, like the projects by micro, micro, uh, market share over time. And Blur basically came from nowhere. And in a space of two months, maybe three tops, they were growth was astronomical. And they just chewed right into OpenSea. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. I watched it happen. It was nuts. And, uh, you know, no one at first believed it. But uh, once, you know, all the volume started shifting over there, the big market makers started trading on Blur to, to wash trade to earn their token. Um, yeah, I mean, OpenSea couldn't do anything about it because, you know, being uh, headquartered in New York, they couldn't just drop a token. So they couldn't really compete. And so they decided to just basically ignore it until they got into this royalty war because they didn't have a choice. So how do you, out of curiosity, your, your thoughts, how do you go from zero, no market share whatsoever, to being a dominant force in the NFT space in three months? What did they get right? So what, what they got right was they, 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 they really understood greed. They understood greed really well. And they knew that the biggest uh, uh, traders on OpenSea did not care about the projects. They did not care about OpenSea. They cared about making money. And so they literally offered those same people the opportunity to take their millions and millions of dollars, wash trade around, and even if they lost money trading it, they were going to earn these tokens to make up the cost. And that's how they brought them all over. And when you have all the volume shifting the blur, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to compete. Like they just, they couldn't compete. Moon, please jump in. Uh, yeah, I 
absolutely 1 million percent agree with what both Rocket and Evergrow Love have said. Um, this goes <clears throat> to respond to um, what Gerson was saying. Um, Gerson, I understood what you meant. Uh, and with your uh, example of the priest, you know, talking about uh, something else, he kind of has no business talking about. I understand what you're trying to say. Uh, however, what we're doing here, like Evergirl Love said, is not about, you know, saying that we're better. It's not about uh, 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 trying to to bash on, on, on the competition. What, what we're doing is looking at what the competition is doing so that we don't make the same mistakes, right? So that people can come out and say, hey, are you guys doing, you know, do you also have a 10% fee? No, we're not doing that, guys. We're not doing what OpenSea is doing. We're doing this, this, and this. So no worries. So what we're actually doing is preparing, is watching what the competition is doing. And by doing that, trying to make a better product. Because if you close your eyes and you don't see anything around you, then you will make mistakes. And that's exactly what Rocket was talking about. Opens the blur thing happened precisely because OpenSea closed its eyes and said, ah, just another marketplace, no need to worry. Within three months, they're on their knees because they didn't look, because they thought they were above, because they thought they didn't need to worry. That is the ultimate mistake we do not want to do. So when we're discussing, you know, OpenSea here, um, I mean, I'm not, again, not saying that Luna Sky is better or worse. I mean, for crying out loud, Luna Sky is not even out yet. I get that. But what we're doing is preparing and seeing what the competition is doing so we can do better. And that is so important. Evergood Love, please jump in. Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick that if y'all didn't just hear those last five minutes worth of conversation, you really need to go back and listen to that. That is the perfect example of what I was saying. You know, we, we've been talking about OpenSea and their mistakes and their successes. And guess what? Rocket jumped in with this information about Blur. So that tells you that we've been studying Blur too, okay? The, we've been studying more marketplaces than people probably realize and getting their positives and their negatives and everything and putting that into our own project you know when OpenSea came out with the 10 percent royalties and stuff well that just strengthened that we made the right decision with our marketplace because we saw how it impacted the community that's what we need is the community so the these this last five minutes alone just strengthens that portion of the conversation that says we have to study, we have to talk about our our competitors, um, which is what any business does. I find it uh, really unusual that an NFT marketplace, which has a group of communities on there, isn't thinking about community. I just it just seems to be completely at odds that you have all these communities that are super tight, and you know they they're really really loyal to their project. For, for various reasons, right? No, but it could be the people, it could be the project, it could be a combination of both. And yet you got this marketplace that really doesn't care about them at all, other than the fact that, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're providing this, this area for you to list your NFTs and, you know, whether you make us money or not, you know, it just, it doesn't really seem like they really care. And so I, I kind of find it a little bit surprising that they, you know, I see a tweet here once in a while, but there's not really a lot of heart in their in their uh, in their 
you know, it seems like just kind of random, you know, kind of tweets that don't really have a lot of substance to them. Like, you know, they don't, it's not really anything moving about it. So I find it kind of interesting. Um, I was thinking back when we were talking maybe a few minutes ago. Do you remember way back when, uh, when uh, the interwebs came out and everybody thought this was the death of malls, the death of Best Buy? People were going to go to Best Buy, look at a TV. I've heard people say this, by the way. Oh, I go to Best Buy, I look at a TV, and then I go over online and find a better price. You know, that on paper, that sounds kind of interesting and intriguing. Yeah, that online marketplaces could kill malls. Malls are doing extremely well right now. Uh, I went to a local mall here, and I mean, there's all kinds of different stores going in. There is a lot of money being poured into physical retail space. So there's... And yet you would think the competition would be fierce on an online marketplace, but people want that experience. They want to be able to walk into a place and, you know, my wife and I went to Williams-Sonoma and we look at a blender or look at a, you know, a toaster or something like that. We want that individual experience and to walk in there and have that physical thing. Yeah, maybe we might order one online. We may not, but, but I think people really, really like those spaces they want to go into a store and look at clothes. They want to look, go into, we saw a Porsche dealer in a mall. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Porsche. And I was like, what on earth are they doing inside this mall? There's a need for it. They're, you know, so Rolex or whatever the top brands, whatever it might be. People want to walk in these stores. They want to look at things and try things on. And um, I have a feeling if they're doing that well, the money's flowing in. So online marketplace isn't stealing at all. And, and not just that, Steve, uh, I, I really love that example you're giving, uh, but it's also at what point is it a, an acceptable cost and what point is it not, right? Uh, because online uh, Amazon, right, and online uh, stores definitely have the potential, absolutely, to kill physical ones. They do. But like you said, people still want the experience of walking into a store, of looking at the product they want to buy, of touching the product they want to buy, of of making sure it's everything they want, the whole experience, right? So what is that experience worth, right, uh, monetary-wise? If I go to Best Buy, right, and I find a TV I like, and that TV is two or three times the price that it is online, I'm sorry, screw the experience. I'm going to buy it online. That's nuts. But if that same TV is, let's say, $20, $30, $50 above price on, on Amazon, um, sorry, uh, below their price on Amazon, then I'm going to buy it at Best Buy. Why? Well, because I can see it. I can touch it. I can have it on the same day that I buy it instead of having to wait for delivery. Uh, so there's a bunch of perks that the physical always have above the virtual. It's just... The cost needs to justify that. So if the price is too much of a difference, then people will buy online. But if it's slightly above, then I can see people paying that premium uh, for the experience and for you know getting the perks of touching the product, seeing the product firsthand, and taking it home that same day instead of having to wait for delivery. It's, it's all about the cost to the, to the consumer at the end of the day. Well, not only that, but, um, you know, if you walk into your local Best Buy and you've got a sales rep there, um, they're going to break down that, uh, let's say the TV you're talking about. They're going to break down that TV. They're going to tell you everything that TV can do compared to other models next to it. You could do that same research if you want to, if you had time. A lot of people don't have time. They're busy. They're working. They want to be able to go into a store. Tell me, give me the pitch. Why is this 
brand better than this brand or this size better than this size and walk out with the TV right there and then. They don't want to have to go through, oh, let me go through this, all the videos and watch this and compare and then look at the reviews, which may be paid for, by the way. You know, you know what reviews are like online. Sometimes oh, you, yeah. can't trust. you can't trust what you're reading, right? They've been sponsored or compensated for that. Right. And especially if, if, if a person doesn't have technical knowledge of what it is they're buying and you have someone there to break that down for you, you're not going to have that anywhere else. So that's true. And let's be real, the the purchase of just about everything has an emotional connection to it. I mean, short of maybe medication, you know, maybe I'd be a little more nervous if I was buying medication online in the sense of having to go to a store. It's kind of like you need the medication, you know what I mean? Like it's sometimes it's the brand or the generic, you don't really care where it comes from. But, you know, for most stuff that you go in, you're wanting that, you're wanting that kind of that experience, that whole emotional thing that, that happens when you buy something. Uh, I don't know what you think. Is NFTs the same thing? Do you have an, an emotional connection to the NFTs that you own or want to buy? Or I would, I would bet dollars to donuts you do. Ever go love? Yeah. So first, yeah, on your on that comment, yes, I have an emotional connection to a lot of the NFTs I buy. Um, I'll I'll use Lobie as an example. You know, I freaking love his artwork. And I literally want his artwork on the walls of my house. And so I have an emotional connection. If I buy one, yeah, people can make me an offer on it. But the chance of you getting it, it better be a damn good offer because I'm just not going to sell it, you know. Um, And and on the same aspect of like going into Best Buy and stuff, you got to remember, we live in a I want it now culture. So, yeah, they're going to go and it can be two, three hundred dollars more. And guess what? They want it now. Oh, and wait, you guys can come install it for me, too? Oh, yes, I definitely want it now. You know, it, it, it's all about speed. It's all about demand. It's all about, you know, being here. And from what I've seen from the platform that I've had the privilege of getting on and testing is it's fast. You know, I, I, I compare it. The, the only marketplace I've ever used is our previous version. And this is faster. I mean, yeah, there's a little more to do, but it's faster. I mean, the connection to the wallet is faster. The the uploading is faster. Everything is faster. And that is something that people want. When they say they want it now, that's not just buying. That's putting it up for sale. That's getting it on the market. They want everything to be instant. And the faster something is, the more appealing that product is to people. Yeah, absolutely. I think you made a really, really good point. Speed. Accuracy, um, visual appeal. I think all of those things come into play, right? You know, when I looked at a couple marketplaces, I'm like, oh, this looks kind of sketchy. I don't know about this. You know, I, do I want to really connect my wallet to this? And um, yeah, fascinating. Uh, I was going to cover a little bit of uh, an interesting scam. Um, it's not really a scam, but somebody who got CK, did you want to jump in on something? No, no. Um, I was actually eating chicken nuggets really loud, and I got scared, and I thought I wasn't on mute, and you guys heard that the whole time. <laughs> so I was just checking. So we're good. All right, all right, all right. Question. Dipping sauce. What's your favorite dipping sauce? Well, you can tell us what your favorite dipping sauce is, dude. Honey mustard, barbecue. He's got a mouthful. Oh, wait, are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I thought someone on this. You, people with these names these days, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's name is the honey, honey sauce. Um, so what, what, what was the question? Your favorite yeah, dipping sauce, big, your, big name, CK. <laughs> yeah, well, they're my favorites. Um, 
I got the uh, the Chick Fil A uh, chicken sauce with some Popeyes chicken tenders. So I'm like, I'm uh, putting the melting pot together here. You know, I'm 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 ending tribalism on and off chain, basically. <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, and they're amazing. So I love Chick Fil A. Oh man, they're so good. Is that if you guys ever get a chance and you haven't tried Chick Fil A? Oh, so good. It's really sweet, especially the peach milkshakes that happen every summer. Oh my god, they're to die for. I love them. Ever go left, please? Yeah, I, I just wanted to put out there real quick that uh, you had asked uh, CK, and he said, "I'm just sitting here eating these chicken nuggets." That's a perfect example. I mean, you can get chicken nuggets at the grocery store. We can go online. We can buy them. You know, we can have them delivered to our house. Whatever. Going through the drive-through and picking them up—that's instant, man. You you got them. And, uh, I mean, that's just a perfect example. There's, there's a reason there's fast food stores on every freaking corner damn near because people want that convenience. For, for, for a second, I thought he was going to say you can get chicken nuggets at Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy is that? <laughs> yeah, it's next to the TVs, man. The, the I want to clarify, chicken nuggets are not a utility of ChainArc or Evergrow or any of our affiliated projects. We are not affiliated with chicken. Hey, 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 you don't know that that's not a next utility. Ah, you can't I'm, make that call. I, I actually, chicken, chicken sells, man. Chicken sells. I'll say that much. That is the truth. <laughs> that's hilarious. We got a little sidetracked. Sorry, guys. Um, scams. So I don't know if you guys heard. Um, there was an article on MoneyWise uh, about Mark Cuban. And it said, did Mark Cuban's wallet get drained? Billionaire loses nearly $1 million through crypto scam. What happened and how can you avoid Cuban's costly mistake? Wait, again? Mark Cuban lost, uh, I think it was eight hundred grand or something like that. And oh, that happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you guys know, know who he is, obviously. Dallas Mavericks uh, lost nearly a million in crypto and he fell prey to a common scam. Um, they didn't really get into real detail. I don't know. It's kind of a sensationalized um, kind of title. So uh, this was flagged uh, on September 15th uh, by Blockchain Observer on Twitter. And it said, did his wallet get drained? Act- the wallet was inactive for 160 days and all assets moved. Uh, it was posted on the platform with a screenshot showing the string of transfers all within a minute out of digital wallet bearing Cuban's name. Cuban confirmed the most fortune to crypto news outlet DL News. The billionaire businessman and investor believes he downloaded a dodgy version of the crypto wallet uh, MetaMask uh, with some S and a blank in it. He told the outlet, I went on MetaMask for the first time in months. They must have been watching. Altogether, 870,000 across 10 cryptocurrencies were taken from his wallet, according to DL News. It remains unclear exactly how his wallet was hacked. Um, sounds like like if you download the wrong the wrong MetaMask, yeah, that'll do it um, for sure. So uh, probably a phishing. I actually recently saw on Discord somebody was posting a question with a email they got from Trust Wallet saying that you know it was basically saying that they will lose uh, access to their tokens, but the word they used was that their their tokens will be revoked if they don't download this. And so they asked for you know clarifying you know does this look legit? And it obviously is not. So um, they can't, no wallet can reject your tokens, basically, uh, or revoke your tokens. So I thought it was really interesting. 
So, um, you know, we talk about scams a lot. How do you protect yourself? A couple things, obviously. Watch out for those emails. Fraudsters will typically use a subject line that entices you to open the message, such as an alert, uh, required action, or request for information. For instance, you could receive an email from somebody pretending to be from your bank asking you to sign a dodgy link where they can then steal your credentials. Uh, There's kind of multiple ways you can identify fraudulent messages. You should always check the sender email address for unusual spellings or email domains. They often look like a legitimate domain that is not to arouse suspicion, but they sometimes might have a slight difference, a letter or symbol. Something like, you know, instead of it being Gmail, it'll be G-M-A-I with an exclamation. So if you look very quickly, it looks like it. Um, I've seen that before. Even the name in the email looks like, now maybe see like US Bank on it, right? But if you click on the US Bank, you see the actual sender name um, and you can tell that something's not right there. A couple little tips that, you know, we always talk about in these spaces. So never share your wallet seed phrase with anybody unless you want that person, like your family member or something, you know, you, you know, you, you know, just don't share your wallet seed phrase. You'll never need to share your wallet seed phrase with anybody if you're having an issue with your wallet. Um, do not interact with NFTs in your wallet that look like they're offering free stuff or crypto money lottery or anything like that trust wallet has a hide and report feature i've used that um just don't sell it don't interact it don't go to the website you know that they to get this you know free ten thousand usd or whatever it is or you know uh, be suspicious of airdrops to your wallet free tokens that just show up randomly you didn't you had no idea that was coming uh do not interact with them don't try to sell them hide those tokens just put them away forget about them Keep your NFTs in a different wallet than your crypto. NFTs can offer a different level of risk than your your standard crypto. Um, This is one that's kind of got a lot of people lost a lot of money. If you're moving or sending tokens to multiple transactions, let's say I want to, I did this the other day. I was moving some uh, tokens from my MetaMask to my trust wallet. So I did a smaller amount than the whole amount. And so I just sent that, make sure it went okay, no problem. And then I went back to my um, where I was sending to copy that address again, pasted it in the send so that I don't go to your history. Don't go to your history and copy the address from your history because you know a lot of times you can't see the full address. And there's you know people that will actually send you tokens and it'll look like that address. First numbers will match, last numbers will match. The ones in the middle, um, different contract and different wallet. Sorry. And so you could be sending your tokens to somebody else, not yourself. Ever go up, please? Yeah, I was just going to say you made the comment about keeping your NFTs in a different wallet. Um, that's something I do. I keep NFTs in a completely separate wallet. And when this um, pre-launch came out, I actually created a brand new NFT wallet for this version of Luna Sky, and then transferred some NFTs over to it just to see the visibility and make sure everything was working right. But Pay attention to your NFTs. If they have a purpose, keep it in the wallet they have a purpose for. Otherwise, just keep them in your NFT wallet. So as an example, the chain arc, okay? If you're going to be doing a lot of trading or you're going to be doing a lot of cross-train swapping or something, well, you probably want to keep that chain arc NFT in that wallet because that's what gives you those free fees and stuff uh, where you're not paying anything. Um, Bandroids, you know, if you plan on trying to collect all five of them, you probably want to keep them in a separate wallet so that you don't run the risk of, you know, losing them or, or anything. And then once you get the all five and you have the potential to start, you know, making some, uh, some additional money on that, it's going to another wallet. Always pay attention to what those NFTs purpose are and then put them in the appropriate wallet accordingly. Really, if good, I could, great advice. Go ahead, Steve. No, CK, please. 
No, just I mean, perfect point. I mean, like for me, I have I think twenty seven wallets now, um, on two separate uh, devices uh, and two separate platforms. Uh, a little paranoid, some would say, but like for example, like the chain, uh, like the chain arc one. Anytime I'm going to be doing t- token swaps, that's going to be my token swap wallet. Anytime I mint an NFT, I have a minting NFT wallet. Anytime I am um, doing like anything that's valued over twenty five hundred dollars, I'll put in my cold wallet. Um, so, like number one, diversifying your risk, you know, risk management. The same way all all C suite executives don't fly in the same plane to any business trip, because then obviously the company ends, right? Um, so you know, risk management is important. So great point. Yeah, excellent. One thing, too, is uh, I think a few months back, I read a story where somebody was trying to save a little bit of money on their desktop computer by downloading a, I don't know what it was, like a PDF editor or something like that. And it turned out to be um, just with a virus in it. And it cleaned them out of everything. So anything that's on that device is, is potentially at risk. So it may not be a bad idea to have something offline disconnected uh, on a separate device. Because if you have, let's say, 10 wallets on one phone, your phone gets hacked. That's it. You know, you're, you're done. All of those wallets are gone. So um, just be really, really careful. Don't try to save a couple bucks um, by downloading some sketchy software. You know, it's, uh, it'll, it could cost you a lot of money. Ever go love, please? Yeah, on that point, too, I was going to – not everybody can do this. But, uh, yeah, I've got two phones, a tablet, a computer, and I use my work computer even for – uh, a, a different set of tasks. So I've actually got several different places I keep things and they do not share across each other. Just a show of hands. I'm kind of curious. Uh, uh, thumbs up. Uh, how many of you guys prefer to use a um, kind of a, a cold wallet? You know, something rather than using um, just your standard DeFi trust wallet or whatever like that. Anybody else? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to explore the option, but I don't know is Rocket or you guys, do you know if Evergrow Lucro is compatible with a lot of these uh, cold wallets? So I think that one of the ledgers might have added uh, just compatibility for BSC tokens. I can't remember. Um, I don't use a hard wallet personally uh, because I, I'm poor. But I want, I definitely want one for the next bull market. Just going into it. Um, because it's it just, even with the multiple phones, the challenge is that when you generate, the risk comes when you generate that key. And so if you generate the key on, on that phone, you know, it could already be compromised. And so what's nice about the hard wallets is that the keys are generated in the safe environment, essentially. So you don't have to worry about any of that getting potentially leaked out just because that wallet had a, or that phone had a connection to the internet. Does a hard wallet support all uh, NFTs? Do you know? That's an excellent question. It, it, uh, they, they support all tokens that I, I believe I, I, I use a ledger. Um, and it's any tokens I've dealt with, fungible and non-fungible, they support and hold for you. Um, but yeah, again, the other thing too is, you know when like Twitter, when you make a tweet 
and like uh, when you when you're verified, it gives you thirty seconds to like proofread it and like be like, oh, this is a dumbass tweet, or I shouldn't tweet this, or I should proofread this. Right? Um, the ledger gives adds an extra step to doing a transaction with where your real money is, where you have to think about it a little bit longer. And for me, that honestly is the biggest benefit for me. I'd say. So when you're using, let's say, a ledger, for example, um, somebody, let's say you left your ledger somewhere, what's to stop somebody from just picking that up and saying, oh, look at all your tokens now? Is there, what level of security is there that, like, you go online to the ledger website before to do anything? Or? I mean, I keep mine in um, one of those safety lock boxes where, like, um, even if my house burnt down, it's still safe, one of those. And then I can't tell you the rest of the details. There'll be a treasure map and my insurance, uh, my life insurance policy. That my little brother will get, but so I can't give any more details on where that lockbox is located. <laughs> I was just talking about, let's say if you, you know, you have this ledger in your back pocket, right? Let's just say you go through the TSA, you pick it out, put it down, you lose it. Um, are you done? Is it you're screwed? No, there is still a key to access the wallet, um, but you need that key and the physical wallet to be able to access your crypto. Right. So there's the risk of having this physical, just like if you lost your phone, right? You don't get your phone back. Um, well, I mean, you could like, obviously you get your iCloud and all that stuff or whatever you use as a backup, and then you can just restore your seed phrase, right? Well, you could order a new, you can order another one from the, the vendor. Gotcha. So you can recover it if you lose the physical wallet. Um, it's much harder if you lose that, uh, that, that passphrase to get into the wallet. Gotcha. That's a little trickier. Makes Did sense. Ledger get into some real trouble uh, recently because of some password uh, passkey recovery service they were going to do? Yeah, they used third party for um, recovery for third party recovery because first the compl- uh, the uh, clients are complaining that they couldn't recover it, right? So then they um, outsourced to a third party to um, pass those phrases onto so they could recover it but the con was now all their data is on this third-party database that could be hacked right so yeah that did everybody was that's what i heard everybody was concerned about that like oh okay so you're not as safe as you say you are because you have my password or my passkey saved somewhere uh without my knowledge and it could be hacked right so yeah that's it's a double-edged sword yeah there's, there was, there's but one, that's there's still one. safer than All having right. a, a hot wallet because you still need the physical uh, device. So even if someone has it, it's still safer than a hot wallet because you need that physical device to access the crypto. And their biggest competitor, who from a lot of my like old school OG NFT friends, like Apes and Punks, they all use one that starts with T, but I forget what it's called, like Treasure or uh, uh, starts with T. Treasure, it's Treasure, Treasure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's supposedly better than Ledger. I appreciate the info. Person, please. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is like a little bit personal, but maybe I can hit some, some help. Let's say um, crypto goes up and something happened to me. Will the seed phrases, the key, you know, of my wallet be enough for either my wife or my children to get the funds because I don't know if let's say she she knows 
where they are, she gets it. And to transfer, you know, I don't know, like, does she need more? How much information does she need to know about crypto? How, or will that be enough? You're saying with a bank? I'm sorry? You're saying with a hard wallet or a hot wallet, like uh, on your phone? No, my, my either one, right? I don't have a hard wallet right now, just the normal one. But will that be enough or or will she need, she, you know, she I don't know. Knowledge. Knowledge. She needs the, the at least sufficient knowledge to know that you have crypto and how to use a wallet. Right, how to yeah, that's what I've been saying. Like, you need it. Okay, let's say, I, I, like I told you the other day, you don't need to invest just because if something happened to me, you will know, you will know at least the basic knowledge how to get the money or it's going to be lost. Right? Yeah, I mean, just write the instructions. Uh, if you have a will or uh, if you have, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of uh, couples have uh, letters they write to each other that... Uh, they just, you know, keep unopened in case of emergency. But uh, just leave instructions, just like you would for any of your bank account information. Just let her know how to access it, right? Okay, but to tell you the truth, <laughs> this is my last hope. I told her, if something happened to me, call my brother. He will guide you because I know at the beginning how difficult it was for me to, you know, navigate. I can't imagine for her, so... Because, yeah, she knows where the seats are, but even with that, it's like Chinese to her or something she doesn't understand. Oh. Yeah, this is, this is definitely the sort of thing where um, Sorry, man, you, uh, you kind of cut out there. Go ahead. Oh, I thought Rocket was speaking because I, I see his... Oh, never, never mind. Um, yeah, this is definitely the sort of thing that the best choice you have is to sit down, whether it's, you know, a friend or, you know, most of the time I would assume family, uh, sit down with your family uh, because crypto is not easy uh, for newcomers. Uh, so you really have to sit down with them and say, hey, would something were to happen to me, this is the basics of how it works. I'm going to leave it either written down or just explain to them step by step just in case something happens. That's going to be by far your best choice. In fact, I've already done that with my wife. Um, you guys should probably do that too. And, and yeah, tell her to tell her to watch the slippage. <laughs> slippage. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. My uh, wife's yelling at me now. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a really good point because, you know, a lot of times we don't necessarily think about these things and, you know, we want it to be a, uh, you know, relatively easy, you know, if something happens to us, they can just access those funds. One less thing to worry about, right? Nobody wants to ever think about that they're going to die or whatever, but, you know, should plan the best you can and, you know, just take a little bit of time, maybe write it down. I know I, I probably should do that too. And, and just because um, they might need that money, right? You know how expensive funerals are. I mean, so kind of crazy. Please. Yeah, the, uh, the other thing you can do is lockboxes are actually relatively cheap nowadays. You can actually put your hard wallet in one and have another one where you have specific instructions laid out for your significant other to follow that begins with downloading uh, the trusted wallet and then, you know, provides them with the information that they need in order to access those funds 
And hopefully by the time anything happens to any of us, Atlas Wallet will be out and there'll be a faster way to off-ramp if they need to and stuff. And we can include that. But I've found that, you know, providing specific instructions, because my wife is not tech savvy or anything. And so specific instructions to her on how to do everything, just like if you were explaining it to a child from beginning to end, is the best way for them to actually be able to access that and not lose anything. Absolutely. CK, please. No, I think Ergo Love's point is spot on and um, almost a good business idea, to be honest with you. Um, when you look at you, know, you guys know what escape rooms are, right? They monetized like hide and seek, basically, right? Um, create like a little thing for crypto people that creates a treasure map or something um, to give to their significant other and they could like be like, oh, Whatever, whatever's whatever's relevant to them, you know, like who was who made this joke on the television show Friends, like I don't know, whatever people watch. But of course security concerns come in, blah blah blah. I know. I get it. Ever go love, please? Yeah, there's there's security concerns all the way around. It's just making it difficult for everybody else, but making it easy for your significant other and on the the second note there, uh, CK, that's the second good idea I've given you guys. So I do expect 1% royalty from these ideas, and that's it. You guys can get- <laughs> That's up to, uh, that's up to Shaq. That's not me. No, so, uh, uh, oh, my mom's calling me. I got to go. Sorry, Shaq. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, th- I think the best system is a combination of what Evergrove uh, Love said, uh, but also what i said because if you prep you know your loved ones that you know don't understand crypto and all this stuff but you prep them you can kind of even speak in code that nobody would understand right so you know you could hide the key somewhere tell them how to get get it give them a an encryption key whatever speak in code where someone coming from the outside with ill intent can't understand but your loved one will because you already prepped them for it I think that's the best security you could ever get. I think it's like we're all Nick Cage. Quick. Like we're oh, all sorry, real quick, just, uh, real quick for quick. If you're going to buy a hard wallet, just security-wise, make sure you only buy it new from the source. Do not buy a used hard wallet. Do not buy a quote-unquote new hard wallet from eBay, because what will happen is, you know, the folks will already have the keys for this. And then they will order a new wallet and then take everything you have. So always buy a fresh new wallet from the manufacturer. Yes, uh, don't buy from Amazon either. Nope, nope, nope. Manufacturer only. Great advice, Rocket. Really great advice. Shaq, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thanks for dropping in today. Uh, Thank you for having me. I did want to chime in on this wallet security thing one of the things that i did a year ago and i'm very happy with the system uh, and anyone can do it is to set up yourself your own multi-sig wallet so i had an old phone which i restored to factory settings i put metamask on it i moved just a few b and b to it uh, and then on my pc i have another wallet which is now the second signatory of the multi-sig. So those two wallets, which are on unconnected devices, 
now must approve a transaction from the multisig for me to handle, you know, when I want to move a significant amount of money where I want to keep a significant amount of money, it's on the multisig and I have to approve any transaction from these two devices. The chances of somebody uh, hacking, you know, somebody opt- getting my keys from one device, well, I'm a careful guy, they're quite low, but it could still happen. But the chances of somebody doing that from two devices, which are unconnected, um, one of them was, you know, factory reset before I put this on. I never use it for anything else. Um, I feel pretty confident that um, my money's fa- safe. It's an idea. You don't have to buy. Uh, you have to spend the money for a cold wallet. I think this is just as good. But uh, if anyone has any reason to dispute that, I'd love to know because I feel safe. But if I'm not, I'd love to know it. But it's an idea. I mean, it's a fact. I mean, <laughs> pretty safe. So for for people who are not uh, tech savvy in that way, how do you set up a multi-sig wallet? So the 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 company I use used to be called Gnosis, and now I mean I I really hate Twitter. I can't post anything in here without it being a tweet that's public. But uh, again, we are not connected to these people in any way. Uh, but it's safe dot global. That's the domain name, and then you you create this multi-sig and then what you do is you list uh, how many so so first of all you have to decide how many signatures you want to approve a transaction in my case i wanted two because i have two wallets and that's it uh but it can be as many as you want in fact most crypto teams have such a system in place when they want to handle shared uh, assets. So yeah, so so then you put in the address of the two wallet accounts that you have and and then you put your money in this multi-sig and whenever you want to use it, well, it's a bit of a hassle, but it's it's worth it. The peace of mind is great. I have heard a lot of horror stories by the way. Uh this guy got duped by, uh, uh, I remember who it was. It was a big crypto company. He had an issue. Yeah, it was OpenSea. So he had an issue with his, he was an artist. He, uh, he, he had an issue with one of his collections and he went to, I believe it was Telegram. He, you know, he wanted some assistance. He got DM'd by somebody that seemed like the team, and they said, uh, "We can help you. Just share your screen, and we'll guide you through the process." Unfortunately for him, they led him to to a situation where he showed the QR code of his MetaMask account. So then, the other guy on the other side got it and and changed. You know, he got access to his wallet and drained his. Uh, money of, I think it was two ETH. And at the time, ETH was around $3,000. So he, he lost a lot of money. Uh, but these social engineering tricks, they'll get you when you're least expecting them. I'm not infallible. So I use this system to 
to cover myself a bit. But it, it's very easy. It's very quick uh, to set up. It's it's worth the peace of mind. So this um, is it essentially like setting up another wallet, and then this yes, is this the is a separate wallet. Yes, gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, I, I should I, I should uh, warn you guys. This is not a wallet the way MetaMask is a wallet. The address is not the same for each chain. So if you're using this um, and you have funds on Polygon, on BSC, whatever, you have to uh, create a multisig for each chain. And uh, you can use the same wallets to sign, but the address of the actual multisig will be different depending on the chain it's on. So... Just something to keep in mind. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I've heard of multi-sig wallets before. I didn't know honestly how they worked, but that that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to check it out honestly and see if it's something that I can figure out. I like it. It's it's, it's like it's. I I tried to replicate two-factor authentication on crypto, and and that's how I did it. Very very cool. Yeah, like I'm very intrigued by the idea. Uh, Evergo Love, did you have a comment? Yeah, well, he he said it right at the end. I was going to say that's basically he created a two-factor authentication, and if he uses um, three, four, five, six signatures, you're basically creating a three, four, five, six signature or two six-figure factor authentication. So that's it's a very interesting thing. I'm definitely going to look into it as well. But it's something that it's another thing that remember if you have loved ones, you need to train them on how. To do that, and that they'll need both devices. Hang on, just, hang on. I I did want to address this. They don't need access to the devices. Remember, if you on a piece of paper that you hide, you write down the the seed phrase for both addresses. You know, take a video, sh- sh- walk them through the process. Because the worst thing that can happen is. Uh, that they go to someone else to get assistance because maybe they're not Googling it well enough or your instructions are not good enough. The the best way to convey to somebody who's not in crypto how to get access to your funds in case you pass, record yourself. Just say, do this, do that. You know, walk them, walk them through the process and, uh, you know, hopefully they get to your funds. You know, one thing we... We don't necessarily talk about all that much was crypto recovery. I've seen a lot of uh, places where they can promise to get your crypto back. In your experience, what is the likelihood that you'll get your crypto back if, let's say, somebody hacks your wallet? The way the way these services work is that they will typically ask the the relative for um, well, usually I don't know what you know depending on the relationship. Uh, most people will know what their partner's go-to password is. So then what these guys will do is they'll ask you for this info. Uh, They'll ask for access to email and Google Drive and stuff like that in the hope that the person has left some sort of clue behind. And then they'll they'll try and and use whatever uh, permutations of your standard password is if they don't find the clue, uh, and, and sometimes they get lucky, sometimes they don't. And this is, I had looked into the service years ago, and, and this is what they defined is what they do. 
they might do something different nowadays, but th that was the description of their service. So they do need some input from you, uh, it, you know, to help increase the chance of them getting access to your funds. There are other technical ways. There was, there were some cold wallets that were manufactured before a certain time, which have since an exploit has since been discovered. And if the money is on one of those, then they use that exploit to get you the money. But the thing about those services is they they want a percentage of whatever they retrieve for you. So it can be good money if you're good at it. So what about the people who get their wallets hacked, though? The, uh, all hacks, all of these hacks are socially engineered hacks. Nobody, as far as I know, nobody has... Uh, broken through the code of metamask or whatever uh to to be honest if if a hacker could do that why would they hack your you know small ass account they'll go to vitalik's wallet and drain it, it <laughs> this you know if you have the know-how to do that you go for the big guys no this is social engineering um or your pc has been infected with a trojan uh, where I don't know if you guys know what a keylogger is. A keylogger records the strokes on your keyboard. Um, that's one way in which that works. And what Rocket said, maybe this might have been missed. It's when you create the wallet, that's when you get the seed phrase. If your device is already infected at that moment, it, it's you know it's game over. Yeah, also, the fact that, uh, you know, I, I see what you're saying, Shaq, uh, but I'm pretty sure there are at least uh, one or two, a uh, couple of actual hacks that exist that do work on certain blockchains um, that no one has figured out up until today how they work because they target very specific wallets. Um, but I, uh, your reasoning was, you know, if they could do that, you know, why would you go for your broke ass, right? Like like myself, and not target the big dogs. Well, the answer for that is very simple. It's the amount of attention it would have, right? If they would go and hack Binance's wallets directly, that the, the amount of attention on you is not. It's absolutely insane compared to uh, targeting many small wallets and stealing just a little bit from many. You know what I mean? True, but I want to counter that. Uh, because we have seen this happen, right? We have seen this in the last bull run happen. And for any hackers listening, it, <laughs> there is money. I'm not endorsing this. But there is money to be made in what is known as uh, um, uh, you know, a bug bounty. So this happened to multi-chain. This happened to a few other big accounts where somebody drains those wallets and then they are able to enter into a, a deal with the, you know, the person, the, the entity that they hacked, to send back the money but keep a little commission. Uh, it's not the best way of doing things. Uh, bug bounties are usually paid out without you having to steal stuff. But typically, you have an expectation that you're not going to get away with stealing 150 million, right? But if you take it and then you send it back, they'll probably let you keep a decent amount uh, as a thank you for uh, identifying 
a vulnerability, which they will then fix. Thank you for hacking us. Right, that, that's what's wrong with the space. My God. No, no, it's it's it's. But this happens in uh, this happens in in Web two as well. Uh, bug bounties are a very normal part of the, yeah. the security process. The um, when you're building something, you you can actually you know hire uh, or pay you know you can put up a bounty to have essentially invite hackers to try to hack your product. That's yes. uh, not too uncommon. And the negative attention associated with a potential hack, it's it's better to just keep it quiet, give them a little bit of money, and move on. And uh, rather than it gets public and it goes to the police yeah. and all that stuff, right? Well, you raise clear, a very- two separate things, right? We're talking about just a, a random hack where, you know, uh, maybe a, a gray hat hacker hacks someone and then, you know, explains the exploit and then, you know, basically takes a ransom for it. Or you have the, the actual corporate uh, hackers who are paid in these bounties uh, specifically to find uh, exploits and vulnerabilities in software. So there's it, a, exactly rocket, but those are paid. Uh, see, that's how you should do it because those are being yeah. paid by the company's money. Okay. The way what yeah. we see why I ultimately disagree with it is the vast majority of time there is a hack. They get to keep a percentage because they sent the money back, and you know they can get to be seen as a white hat hacker, but what's paying the percentage they're getting is the community's funds. And that's what's wrong with it. Green had it best. Green had it best. And so I don't, I don't condone that. Obviously that's a, it's like, okay, well, great. You know, uh, it's, you you found a vulnerability. It cost us uh, a quarter of the, uh, the treasury, which is great. Wonderful. Um, But in a controlled bug, uh, bug bounty system, there's a fixed fee that is paid to the, the people yes. that find the exploits. It's controlled. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The, to, to, to clarify, there is. So I, I don't know if you guys know what audit companies do. Uh, in crypto, getting your contracts audited is uh, standard practice, right? Uh, I'm going to tell you a few horror stories uh, because just like KYC, Auditing is, if it's done by humans, there is always room for error. Uh, In my journeys in this space, I met a lot of people. (laughs) I met two individuals separately who told me that, and and I've I've seen evidence of this, that they they do bug bounties on behalf of Certic. And... Yeah, one guy works for a big company, one of the fangs, the other guy is a French developer, uh, you know, completely unconnected. Problem is this, right? Not not all um not all projects need or would benefit from having all of their code uh publicly uh, displayed on you know for everyone to see, right? There are certain security things that you don't want people to know about. Problem is, if you, when you're paying a company like Certic, who have the best reputation in the space, whatever, not all of the people looking at your code, at your code, are beholden by the the the, the NDAs and all the, you know, the obligations of pe- people who are employed by Certic, and so you run the risk of having a situation where people with malicious intent. Uh, seeing your code while it's being audited, they might find the vulnerability and they might decide that 
the the money that they would get paid in reporting this vulnerability is less than what they would get if they uh, if they just keep this to themselves, let you deploy, and then they take your money. So e- even when it comes to auditing, it's it's a bit iffy because you don't really know who has access to your code while it's in that vulnerable state of being uh, reviewed. Excellent. Absolutely right. And if you like this kind of talk, um, CK did a, a space just a couple of days ago on how uh, we were talking about vulnerabilities, scams, and stuff like that. CK, maybe if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that space that you did and the future ones you're going to do. Yeah, that's not why I raised my hand, but um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we did a tokenomics space because um, uh, the MC community um, isn't very well educated and experienced in tokenomics in general. Um, like me, most of them entered through their friends. Um, they bought an ETH NFT, a cute little picture in early 2021. Their homie from high school or college was like, yo, buy this seal or buy this fr- freaking eight thing. Like, it's going to blow up, right? No one really knew the tech. They, we just bought pictures. And as we got more involved in the space, which is obviously two, two and a half, three years later, it's much more complicated than that. Um, so... What I realized was NFT people don't understand tokenomics at all. At all. Very few do. Very, very few. The only people I know that do are like Prim, Badamo, um, like very, very, like I could name probably one list, maybe five people in the NFT space that understand tokenomics. And um, it's a huge problem and everyone openly admits it. So we just did this for fun to see if people would be interested and it ended up being a, a banger. Like we, taught a lot of people a lot of things and we're going to keep it up uh we're not sure the cadence yet but we're definitely gonna um maybe every other week it doesn't have to be every week we'll so we're, we're gonna just go by the flow kind of i think it was an excellent space uh, i actually learned quite a bit and uh, you had a lot of guest speakers in there with a lot of knowledge and uh, really really valuable you guys um it was recorded right people can go back and listen to i just pinned the space actually i just pinned it uh, up Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, like, Carlo, he's been in the space since, like, 2013. Um, you got uh, Prim, who's a legend. If you guys don't know Prim, uh, he, he uh, 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 I would say notorious for his shit coins, <laughs> but not in a bad way. Just, like, that's what he has fun with, with, like, the memes and stuff. Like, all love to Prim. And, like, we had a lot of very experienced people in the space, so it was a good space. Absolutely. The, um... I was going to get into Luna Sky, kind of some uh, brief updates, but if you don't mind, just kind of brief people here in the space, what's going on with uh, with Chainarc and and you know we were talking utility and, and all that stuff and tokenomics. It's so important that people understand that NFTs just aren't NFTs; they're not just JPEGs. If you don't mind, just uh, maybe you or Shaq just kind of give a, a, a synopsis. Shaq, if you don't mind, I'll give it kind of where you're at. an elevator two second, and then you could just take it home. Um, yeah, so the uh, importance is that, say, two years ago, you could launch a, a picture of any any animal, right? And you could just promise a whole bunch of shit. You could just put, like, star redacted on the roadmap, and you could just, like, say, we're going to create it. Everyone was going to create a metaverse game back then. I don't think any of them ever did, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you could just build a project based purely off hype. But since then the customers have or the clients or whatever you want to call them the communities in the space 
have matured and understands what a real value proposition is. They understand what a business model is. And from my experience, the best utility projects failed because no one cared because they didn't have the right influence in them two years ago. I think it was a complete 180 and it's the utility projects that take over this time because now these people that have been here understand a business model. They understand what a P&L statement is. They understand the balance sheet. They're Back then, two years ago, 99% of people buying this shit did not even know what balance sheet was. So I think it's in combination with maturity in the market, I think utility entities are going to take over. So, Jack, go ahead. Jack, are you able to speak? I hope so, because whatever microphone you're using, Jack, and the acoustics in that room are like, mm, just so good. He shows us connecting to, oh, there's two shacks. Oh, okay. There he is. Give me a second. I'll get him connected. It'll just be a minute. There you go, Shaq. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, I just got kicked from uh, the channel there for a moment. Sorry about that. Um, That's all right. It's okay. I was just praising you and your mic and your acoustics in your room. Oh, thanks. <laughs> My internet decided to die on me. Uh, can you remind me of the question? CK went off on a tangent. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. And I was just going to talk a little bit about Luna Sky, but I really, really kind of wanted to bring ChainArc some attention and let people know what you guys are doing, how you guys are different, that you're not just a JPEG NFT. Um, what are you going to bring to the space? And uh, if you don't mind, just doing a pitch. No, no, for sure. Uh, it's it's very simple. The image on the NFT doesn't matter. We have made an effort to make a nice image, but that's really not the point. Uh, it's just a vehicle to interact with our protocol in a way that benefits you. Uh, it, unlike, I know CK mentioned metaverse projects and regardless of what the promise was during the bull run, the the issue with these projects is they wanted your money first with the promise that they will then build something. Very few projects have achieved that, Evergrow being one of them. But for every Evergrow that there is, there's like a hundred projects that promised amazing stuff and just never delivered. So, so it, we we deliberately went the other way with this. Uh, we, we we built first up to the point where we could get the beta ver the MVP, which is the it, it's it's a minimum viable product. So we can show what we're doing. We can show we've put effort that we have a product. It's not the final form of the product, but it shows people you know we're serious. We have something that works. There is scope for this to actually make money, and now you know we come, we we go out there and we look for support and and whatever. Uh, so the NFTs themselves will give back to the holder, uh, it, you know, a portion of the revenue that we generate. It will give them uh, access to the future products that we have, like being whitelisted on the launchpad the cross-chain launchpad we're going to make, uh, and it will enable people to trade without paying our fees. So it's it truly is what a utility NFT 
should be defined as it there is a usefulness there is benefit to the user for holding it beyond the resale uh you know speculative value that's that's really it and uh it, we're, we're we're quite we're quite comfortable the niche we're in technologically is quite complex so we don't have too many uh competitors i've looked heavily into who's competing with us and uh, i'm very proud to say this by the way because this is not by my hand but by the devs uh i mean there are this different aspects to developing but the we have one guy who really cracked the code on this and um, our swap outperforms most of our competitors in in every area and there's just maybe a, a couple where they they just have more chains that they support which eventually will catch up that's not hard to do uh, but no it's a good product even compared to to every other product that we've seen that's in the market now so we're confident we think if we are able to communicate to people how good this is compared to what there is out there now that you know we'll get good support and we'll be able to grow and and, and that's really what you want i think what i really want those to have a community like yours where you have somebody voluntarily doing spaces uh every week and, and i i've started to recognize a lot of you it's the same people and you guys always show up and there's a lot of value in that so i guess that's my pitch yeah but uh steve's getting paid off the books I just <laughs> for the record i do not get paid i do this because uh, i really enjoy supporting you guys i really do the um one thing I was going to say is uh, I saw the uh, a little while ago, there's a contest running uh, for different NFTs. I think you said there's 25. Is that contest still going? And can people get involved if you want? Pin it to the space. Um, just get the word out there. The chance of winning NFTs that have utility built in, passive income. Are we talking about we're talking about the Lucro Mints? Mm, talking about the let me see if I can find it here it's the one uh, yeah it's the lucro mint sorry not lucro uh, it's on Luna Sky you said there's a bronze silver and a gold tier and you have the chance the access to buy them basically it's like a lottery to be able to purchase yeah that. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah we call them the lucro mints um because it's gotcha. using the lucro coin um yeah uh this is my fault I was supposed to have the picks ready for the space I'm sorry rocket um, they're not ready. Um, and these chicken fingers are really good. So just give me 30 minutes and I'll get them ready. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, 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 the basic idea is that a, a very small part of the collection is going to be purchasable by Lucro. And, uh, I, I guess CK will handle how that happens and, and, and who gets to buy them or something of the sort, but it, it's, this is useful for the token, right? It's it's good that there is something that can be done with it, uh, even in relation to us. Uh, we wanted to show that that bit of support, and we didn't want to make the supply too huge. So it's it's a token gesture. Uh, we've been treated very well here by the team, by the community, and uh, well, hopefully this is something that is 
that goes well for everyone. But CK has more details. I'm sure he'll share with he'll share them later. Um, Steve, yeah, I'm running it now. We're okay. just trying to get rid of the bots to make sure no bots win. Like we're trying to make it as clean as possible. So we're not just doing like a stupid, like not stupid, but a simple Twitter picker. Um, Good stuff. I cannot wait. Evergirl, thanks for being so patient. I appreciate it. Jump in. No, not a, not a problem at all. Always patient. Uh, always good topics talking about. One of the things I wanted to point out about um, Chainarch's NFTs that hasn't really been covered is, you know, there's a lot of NFTs out there. There's a lot of people trying to build utilities around their NFTs. I think one of the things people need to realize is that Chainarch already has an operating platform. They they already have a utility. So that NFT has an immediate use, an immediate benefit. It's not something you're waiting for. So just owning one of these, it's like you get it and it, 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 there's an immediate purpose to it. So it's not like your normal NFT. And I personally think the value of these NFTs is going to be just a, a thing that you know we haven't even thought about yet. Just owning one is going to is going to be extremely valuable, and the be the people that can see who 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 owns them, and somebody doing a lot of trading, and they're using Chainark, and they there's no more NFTs available. They're going to look for people and make offers on them, and the price of these are going to go up. So, I think the fact that it has an immediate use needs to be put out there as well. Yeah, we talk about passive income. This is just another route of passive income. That's that's a very true overgold of, and I have to reiterate on that. Um, as someone in the NFT space, 95%, if not higher, of all NFT projects put on NFTs and then promise you utilities, promise you to build this and build that. Of course, vast majority of time that doesn't come to fruition. And, and the few times it does come to fruition, it's usually not as good as it was told. Um, so respect on Chainark because they're doing the opposite, as it should be done. They first built the utility, and now they're adding the NFT. So like Evergirl Love said, this is not only is this how it should be done, but you have immediate use case for it. That is how it should be done. And I clap. I, I, I take my hat off. Uh, I appreciate that. This is not to say that the other way of doing it uh, never pays off. You guys are a perfect example of that. Uh, unless I'm missing some info, uh, that's that's how you guys have operated. And okay, you guys were lucky to stumble in onto a team that you know, had good intentions and and a good work ethic, and eventually you now have a product and and more to come. I don't. I don't. Uh, disagree with the idea of getting upfront investment to build stuff but then it shouldn't have been this easy for people to uh, to get your money in the bull run with these promises right I, I, and i guess now because we're in a bear market and and being where we are the we feel the frustration as a team that uh, other projects would put out a, a stupid picture or you know promise a triple a AAA video game experience get a ton of money and then you know there's no effort right they've just made themselves rich with empty promises so from our perspective it, it it's frustrating that 
we only got to the point where we could show off the software, but now we're in a bear market, right? Because uh, a lot of people have said this, and I, I try to be humble, but I kind of agree because I did see how things were in the bull run. If we had presented this in the bull run, uh, th- money would not be a consideration anymore. It, it would have been a big deal, but it, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, as long as we weather the bear market, I think the next bull run, uh, projects like ours, projects like uh, whatever grows building w- will dominate. You know, we just need to stick around long enough to get there. I agree. Ever go love, please jump in. Yeah, I was going to say something on that too. So it, it, we're setting the examples here. So like Evergrow's building the projects that are bringing communities together uh, with different purposes, uh, all with the different utilities. And those communities are going to start interacting with each other even more. You guys, as with ChainArc, are setting the example for existing projects that are out there but don't have an NFT that gives them benefit, this gives them the opportunity to look at what you've done and sit there and say, you know what? We can create an NFT that would give a holder this benefit. And all of a sudden, now we have a plethora of NFTs with current immediate use case uh, scenarios coming out. And that could change, this has the potential to change the NFT space. It has the potential to change community-driven projects. And it has the community change crypto in a whole. So I I want to commend, you know, what you are doing and, you know, not just Evergrow and what we're doing, but what our communities are doing, even Bandroids. I mean, Bandroids is doing something nobody else has done. And when it comes out, there's an immediate use there's there's a goal you know and if you can achieve that goal there's an immediate purpose and that's what people are going to start seeing is that there's nft projects coming out that have an immediate use now me i i'm just a i'm just a creator i have no utility behind mine i just want to spread love and happiness and that's just me i just want the world to be a kinder place you know but i really love the projects that have the immediate use that I can look at it and say, okay, if I buy this, I don't have to wait two years and see what's going to happen. I can see it today. And that's, what's important to a lot of people. This goes back to that. I want it now thing. You know, this, this is going to appeal to a lot of people. CK, please jump in. Yeah. I just want to touch on with like, it's just um, maturity of the space. And I, I said this on a few spaces recently, like we were very early adapters, maybe too early. <laughs> Most of us uh, were just caught caught at the bad time of the cycle, right? Um, like whenever a, like a company, a tech company goes for a seed round, they have a working product done, like a seed funding round before they ask for money from investors. There's a working product done. The only time in like the real world when you get money before the product's done is through angel investments. Um, and those are rare when you really have to know somebody or have a past reputation of success really to get those or know somebody, basically. So when we treat, uh, if you treat entertainments like kind of like seed rounds at the same time, if you don't have a product ready, you're asking these people to, to pretty much kickstart or crowdfund or angel invest into your idea 
And like, in my opinion, it's like, how do you know they're committed to this? Like, I have a million ideas every single day. And then, you know what I mean? Like, how do you know they're committed to this idea? Then they're going to get this money. And tomorrow, you know, they could be the biggest hip-hop fan in the world. And in eight days, all of a sudden, they're a country fan listening to whatever. Taylor Stapleton. I'm not a country fan. Sorry, I probably said, said the wrong name. Chris Stapleton, actually. I like one of his songs. But you get the point. Uh, that's the point I'm trying to make. Really, really good point. One thing that popped into my head when you guys were talking about the utility of Evergrow Love, we're talking about the utility. And so one of the features of Luna Sky that I, that I think is really exciting is that you can actually make an offer on NFT, even if it's not listed for sale or auction. So imagine if you're lucky enough to be able to own one of Chainarc's utility NFTs and or maybe one of Bandroid's many NFTs out there. And you've got people out there that are actively looking they're like, hey, I need this NFT. I want this NFT. They can make an offer on it. You're now you're in a very good position where people are looking. Hey, I'm gonna I want to put money on this, and you could just basically keep it if you want to, or if you want to sell it to somebody. You have the option, but now you have an asset, a digital asset that is potentially bringing real value to you. I think it's really exciting. Um, I, I was kind of surprised when I when I read that that um, post. I think it was um, was it you rocket that posted that. But uh, another one was utility tokens can be like any utility token can be integrated into Luna Sky from other projects. So that's where we saw Pixel, Star, Frog, and Ribbit, all of these things integrated into Luna Sky. I think it was excellent because now you're bringing uh, those communities in, right? Giving them an option to use their token for other things. So maybe they're going to hodl and they're going to use it maybe for rewards on, on their particular platform, but at least they have options. And I think it's really, really a great idea that they did that. Uh, Ever go love, please. Yeah, I was going to say, I tested that, um, that make an offer thing. I, I canceled it, you know, but I did test it just, just to see how it would work. And it works exactly like they said, if you see, if you go to somebody, if you go to somebody's site and you or their, their page and you, you can scroll through everything they own, that's in that wallet that's that's connected and you can make an offer on any nft this is one of the reasons i think that bandroids is going to do so well because if i own four of them and i'm looking for that fifth one i'm looking at every mfr on luna sky trying to find that fifth one because i want the the super rare you see so that just that ability alone that's going to drive traffic that's going to drive people it's going to drive them wanting to find these things especially if owning a certain combination gives you a benefit like mandroids does that's going to be huge for them and with uh, profit sharing um from the chain arc uh, nfts you're not limited to just one nft you can have multiples and be making passive income from multiple of their nfts so again um, if somebody has maybe a gold and you're like, Hey man, I'm making money off of a, of a bronze or a silver. Um, but I want a gold one, you know, and, um, it just makes it that much more, um, uh, valuable to hold check, please. So, uh, I've, uh, it's not, you know, usually people will defend their own project and it is expected that they would do so. So, uh, I, I have not built Luna Sky. I haven't been involved in its building, but I have seen some negative comments here and there. Uh, people mainly complaining that 
oh, it's taken so long and why isn't it out yet? And I kind of do want to defend the guys a bit because I've seen the product. Uh, it does work. It works very well. It does have some cool features. And I don't know if you guys have been following, but OpenSea, who, who dominate the NFT market at the moment, uh, are making the kind of moves which are detrimental to the the people who put out the the NFTs, right? Uh, and 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 so as a product, the fact that they're doing this now and they've taken care to not replicate OpenSea's predatory practices uh, is going to be an advantage, and it is worth the wait. So. I don't think anyone who's posting these negative comments would take the time to come and join this type of space. But it is important when Luna Sky goes live, uh, all the people here who have a Twitter account, uh, it, it it is valuable for you guys to also make some noise externally, right? Because it, NFTs... It, Forget our NFT and how it works. Our NFT is is not the standard type of NFT. Uh, most of these things are art based and and they're driven. Uh, you know, the success of those projects is driven by the the speculative nature of of how much can I resell this NFT for? Uh, how much hype is there behind it? Uh, our NFT isn't like that, but that's not normal. It's not usual. So forgetting our NFT for a second, uh, Luna Sky will thrive if there's a lot of noise behind it, if projects are minting out, if, if people are uh, you know, commenting on the fact that uh, Luna Sky isn't cutting off royalties from creators. Th th these are things that need to be uh, spread and uh, you know, I I I have understood now what the benefit is to you guys as a community for this thing. So you know, let's make some noise, especially once uh, it's launched, especially those early days. Uh, it is important to make some noise and, and and reward the effort as well that these guys have put in into building it. Absolutely, very very well said. Moon, did you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, just uh, to reiterate some of the points that were uh, talked about. Uh, so just uh, hopping off on what uh, Shaq was saying and Chainark NFTs, um, it is my view as an NFT creator that, uh, so this is part number one, uh, my view as an NFT creator that as a creator of uh, any project, any NFT, it doesn't matter, the, by far the most important thing is being upfront right? Being upfront on what your project is, on what your NFTs are, um, and what your goal is. And this is why you, this is why I say that Chainark has done it the right way. So not only do you guys have the utility before the NFTs, but you're also upfront. And by that, I mean, you come in here and you say, listen, our NFTs are not the usual NFTs. The actual NFT image that you buy is not even that important with us. What's important with us is utility and what you get from getting those NFTs. That's what you should focus on. And you're very clear about that. And I love that you are because you're being upfront. Evergirl Love said just a few uh, minutes ago that he's a creator just like me. And just like me, our NFTs are, you know, they're art. They, they have no utility. 
I mean, the most my utility that my NFTs would have is ha having physical trading cards that I craft in my bedroom. Okay, so that's not really a utility, but we're upfront about it. We come here and we say, "Listen, you're going to buy our NF uh, my NFTs. Don't expect financial gains." Don't expect your life to change around. Don't expect to buy one of my NFTs for $100 and then flip it for $1,000. Don't expect any of that. What you should expect from my NFTs, and I'm very upfront about this, is you get a collectible. You get something cool to talk about. If you like collecting stamps, if you like collecting uh, NFTs, that's what you're getting. And that sincerity is the most important thing, being upfront what your project is and what to expect out of it. And that's ultimately, in my view, what's so wrong with the NFT space and why the NFT space got such a, a bad reputation. Is that there's nothing wrong uh, with raising funds to create a project. There's nothing wrong with raising funds even before you have a project. There's nothing wrong with that. The, the, the problem is when you do it this way, many people and many projects with ill intentions will do that and then not deliver. Of course, not delivering is vastly easier than delivering. Therefore, the vast majority will not deliver. So it's, it's those promises that are made that I think is the key point that has to change in this space going forward. And not making promises that you are not 100,000% sure that you cannot deliver. If you are not, then don't make those promises. I may find a utility for, for my NFTs later down the line. And if I do, I'll implement it, absolutely. But I'm not going to promise that. And I think that's the most important thing. I couldn't agree more, but uh, I think appealing to scammers uh, is, they know this, right? They just don't care because they're, they're literally out to make some quick money. Exactly. Uh, and, and there's, but that is a very valid point, uh, there is nothing wrong with uh, making an art project. I can tell you myself, using 3D modeling software, it takes skill, it takes passion, uh, which I, I have neither of. That's why I'm not the one who made the chain arc NFTs. Uh, but I tried, and my team admonished my efforts uh, to the point. <laughs> so, so somebody else made them. But the point is, artists are, you know, it's a skill, and... It's okay. People collect art. That's fine. As long as you communicate uh, what you're going to get for the NFT. And very few people do this, right? Um, so, yeah, it's a very valid point and an important one that never really gets discussed. Absolutely. Everlove, please. Yeah, I was going to say that um, kind of like what Moondroid was saying, you know, I, uh, he's got some amazing art and the fact that he gives cards away is cool too. Um, but like mine, you know, and some of us, we gave us, we donated some images to like stock poker and uh, just to see people using those. I mean, that's what most of us artists are just, that's, that's all we want. We want people to just be enjoying what we create because that's why we created it is just for somebody else to take pleasure in it. You know, it's most of us is not about, you know, trying to create a utility behind it. Yeah. I, I agree with moon, you know, at, at some point in the future, we might get there, but at the current time, our pleasure is creating 
and that's what matters. And then Shaq had said something about, you know, some negative comments and, and stuff about Luna Sky. So I, I, I'm just going to tell you how far back that goes, Shaq. So I haven't blocked anybody in probably over a year. Okay. And I see very, very little negative comments, which tells you how long those people have been attacking the, this project. So uh, it, I don't, I don't think it's anything to do with our current community. I think that's people that were, have been around for well over a year that are still, that are still just upset because of whatever happened. Um, you know, they, a lot of them are people that used to be big influencers and now they're just trying to capture an audience and stuff. And they started attacking projects, you know, um, the fact that I don't see them lets me know that since I haven't blocked in any, anybody in over a year, that just lets me know that they've, they've been around for, for a long time. I see very little new, new FUD or anything. I think it's so important that, you know, when we talk about communities and NFT marketplaces, you know, when I think of Luna Sky, how the whole concept of it is to bring people together, right? Let artists do their thing, you know, encourage them, support them, give them the tools they need to succeed um, so that don't get in their way, like, you know, but support them and, and, and just uh, do the best you can to help them. And, and some of that, it's multifaceted, right? Sometimes it could just be as simple as simple as a, you know, a guide on how to do something, or it could be the AI virtual assistant. You want to do it by yourself. You want to figure it out by yourself. But if you can't, you have live support. I mean, I just, when I heard that when this guy would have live support, it kind of blew my mind because if you were to see, you know, other, other uh, sites, you don't get live support. You're not even going to get anything near live support. You might get maybe a week later support. Um, and that doesn't help you now, right? And so it was all about support of the community, but bringing people together, letting them do their thing. And uh, Everglade Place. Yeah, you're talking about support. So, you know, back when I was in high school, you know, back in the Stone Age, um, I used to draw a lot. And I, I mean, I loved it. And then I quit drawing for 10, 10, 15 years. And uh, when I got on here and uh, I first invested in Evergrow, when Luna Sky was getting ready to come out, I wanted to get back into drawing because I wanted to be a part of that uh, and just kind of bring back some things I used to do uh, in my younger years. But I didn't know, you know, I knew Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff from owning a screen printing business and all that. But I hadn't used the programs in probably 10 years. So I reached out, you know, and Loby was the first one. I am Loby was the first one. He pointed me in the right direction. He would send me videos on Procreate. He would, you know, send me links to YouTube. Um, there's several community members that reached out and they gave me the tools I needed to be able to create. You know, I combine different methods, but, you know, with what, they've taught me, helped me get back what I wanted and what I enjoy. And the community is what did it. Without the community, my art wouldn't even be up here. Yeah, I think of the, the hours that um, Rocket has spent in Discord, um, you know, creating private rooms for Midjourney where people can experiment and play. I know I spent a few hours in there. You helped me out, Rocket. I was just curious. I wanted to see how it worked, right? And uh, I appreciate that, Rocket. Please jump in. I appreciate that you took the time just to let me explore and and, uh, and just see if I could create something new. And 
just this is the kind of thing that communities do for each other. We support each other. We help each other. And I hope that never, never changes. Please, Rocket, jump in. Well, I, I don't know how to follow that, but thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, what I will say, though, I want to throw out a, a trivia question. Does anyone remember whose idea the live support was? Hmm, that's a good one. Whose idea was that? I know. Wait, it has to be a, a community member? You're a community member? Well, I'm not going to give it away. Can we get a hint at least? Uh, fine, it's a community member. Yeah. Let's see. Who... I'm going to say the Lily. Lily. Um, L, but he spells it with two L's. L-L-I-Y. For oh, Libby? Libby ends? Libby, yeah. I'm going to go with Libby. It, it was uh, a noble attempt, but uh, no. It was Moon. Wait, I, I was that? the first one to mention that? Yes. You said it I in the space, and uh, the team just collectively just said, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. I remember talking about it. I just said, no, I was the first. Oh, okay. But you were the first? Yeah, you were the first one to say that, and it just clicked with us. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's uh, that's a thing we're doing. Like, that's happening. Yeah, because I realized how unfriendly NFTs, especially going far back, um, are for new people because it was a challenge for me. Um, and, and I mean, it was a challenge for me, and I'm versed in technology, let alone for people who weren't. So I, I saw a huge problem there. And then you look at the big guys, you look at OpenSea and Rarible and Blur, and the best support you'll get is you send an email. And two weeks later, you'll get an automated response saying, thank you for contacting us, and now buzz off. So wh what is going on here? This this needs to be friendlier. You know, and that reminds me, because on Discord, there's a dedicated section uh, that was for Luna, you know, for suggestions for Luna Sky and Atlas Wallet. And we just had a meeting last week on Atlas Wallet with Drakefist and a couple others. And we were literally talking about community suggestions. And, you know, this is like why the community is so important to us because you have great ideas. The community has amazing ideas. And I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way. So, yeah. Thank you, Rocket, for listening to Moon, you know, and that collectively the team because it's a fantastic yes, thank idea. You. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of that rocket? Um, what you may, if you don't mind, was there any other ideas that kind of, yeah, those kind of eureka moments where there was a community suggestion? You're like, yeah, we're definitely adopting this. Can you recall anything off that off top? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, I don't want to give them away because uh, they're, they're not implemented yet. They'll be, you know, down the road things. Um, but we have a, in the, the folks in the early access group uh, know that we have another suggestions board in the, uh, the Luna Sky Discord early access group. Um, so that folks that are using it now, right, can give their suggestions based on what they have access to. But back, uh, you know, way back when we created that suggestions group in the, uh, the Evergrow discord. And I mean, uh, I am dreading having to go through and read and, uh, really just analyze the hundreds of suggestions, especially Bard, who has been banned from making any more suggestions until we go live. Uh, because good for Undisputed king. Bard is the undisputed king Man. of great ideas. 
He did a what? Well, how I don't know how long it was for, but he did a suggestion a day challenge for himself uh, that no one prompted or asked for, um, and just all his brilliance is now in that suggestions form, which is just awesome. But uh, yeah, so it will never be out of ideas, which is nice. I think it should be preserved all time as an NFT. What do you think? <laughs> there's a, there's a running joke between us that you know. Uh, if if there is a suggestion box or a server to put uh, your suggestions, Bard has to be banned from it. Otherwise, oh god, yep. That's hilarious. You know, uh, we were talking about Atlas Wallet, and uh, you know, Axi Axi fan, he produced like so many suggestions for Atlas Wallet. Really good ideas, really really good ideas, and you can tell he's put the thought and consideration into it. And, you know, of course, you can't adopt everything, right? But once in a while, you know, we, it generated some great discussion uh, amongst all of us that were there. We're like, well, this is a really good idea. You know, and, it, and maybe it takes you off sidetrack a little bit and you can think of another idea because of that. And if you didn't have that idea originally, you wouldn't have thought of the other ones. So um, that's, it's a, again, back to the community. Community is everything in Luna Sky and Atlas Wallet ever grows. So that's our strength. And um, I think the sooner people figure that out, the better. CK, please. No, I just wanted to say I have a hard stop at I believe eight or seven third yeah, eight. Um if anyone remembers that charity that we donated to, my buddy Carlo and his mother, um, they're doing the raffle of the prizes for anyone that bought one of the mints. So if any of you did, the uh the prizes are pretty phenomenal. I mean, I think there's like ten plagues being given out that are like probably 400 to 500 USD each, uh, a lot of seals, a lot of other things be given out. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because I'm going to drop off probably around 745. So Much appreciated. We'll get moving on then. They don't want to hold you up or anything like that. Um, speaking of, uh, we were talking about the Atlas Wallet Hyperbeam was able to sneak one past Drakefist with Red Button and give us a little bit of an update on that. And if you guys hadn't seen it, this was a couple of days ago. He said, uh, the U.S. and recently added Canadian off-ramp partner works great. However, the interface within the wallet is still being refined to not only look great, but to be as, use, as easy to use as possible for all the users of Atlas Wallet. iOS users now have moved from V20 to V21. The main update for this build being the ability to swap tokens native to the latest blockchain that was added to the previous build. After learning of the amount of hurdles taken to interact with and acquire these chain tokens, I'm looking forward to seeing the progress process becoming simplified through Atlas. As for general testing, there are still a few important items needing to be addressed, but I'm mainly seeing small aesthetic tweaks uh, being needed. Move this, center this, uh, reward this, etc. With each new build, we've gotten closer and closer. And all the testers are looking forward to more and more when we can eventually report a simple, it's good. You know, I had a little bit of a scare the other day uh, with Atlas Wallet. I was uh, experiencing a crash in the app, and I was just about to speed dial Paul. But Hyperbeam and Drakefist, they kind of talked me down slowly and softly. And um, after loading the most up-to-date version of the app, everything worked fine. So <laughs> no drama there. So it's kind of funny. I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with this thing? Nothing. Just got to remember to plug it in. Hey, Paul, I know, I know you're sick, but shut up, help. <laughs> Oh man, that was too funny. Yeah, it was funny. The the comments that I got in there was like, wow, like this is like, are you are you sure? Are you really sure? Because we haven't had any issue like this in a long time. So 
Um, as far as Evergo staking goes, um, I haven't really got any new updates on it. The last I heard from Cody last week, the contract was finished, just needs the audit still. Um, Sam and Paul have kind of talked in the past about how they want EGC to be the number one rewards token. So you would think 39 million in BSD rewards would be enough, but no, the team has other plans. So I'm really, really curious to see what that's going to look like. Um, talked about V21 for the Atlas build, Atlas wallet. Um, any uh, Rocket, do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, we can talk about Luna Sky. I mean, why not? Please, please. So, you know, you, with all the, the nice things everyone's saying about Luna Sky, the, the, the early access folks, you would assume one of two things. Either it's uh, either it's ready and we're just not releasing it, or you know we're paying them to say nice things about it. Uh, so neither is true. It is uh, just about ready to go. During some optimization, we found some bugs that we are now getting squared away that were affecting some users. And so once we get that squared, I mean, and everyone's preloaded, we'll be in a good place to get going. So that's where we are. Excellent news. Trek wants to come up and say hi. Give Trek a minute to connect. Trek, how you doing, man? Are you home or are you on the road? Trek, you there? Can you hear us? Oh. Hopefully you can connect. Oh, okay. there we go. There you go. That's it. How you doing, man? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm still alive. Thanks. Uh, no thanks to some stupid woman. Think she should text and drive, but whatever. Um, Rocket just mentioned there that uh, uh, people are being, you know, they people think people are being paid to make a good comment. Well, trust me, I am not a tech wizard, but I just sent you a DM, Rocket, that says I figured it out. I had to do it manually to figure it out so my brain could wrap around it, but I know how to do it now, man. To uh, put up uh, random awesome. random stuff. Oh my god, the help on Luna Sky has been fantastic, and all you guys that know what you're talking about literally have to drop right down to the 101 stage to help me and some of the other older fellows, older women, whatever. I appreciate it. You have no idea how much I appreciate it because. If you wanted to trade stock, and I was doing that still, I'd have you right there, and you'd know how to do it because I'd put you right down at that right level so you'd know. And you're teaching people the right way. Uh, I appreciate it. You're making me do the read, do the investigate, check it out, bring it up, and then you tell me, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> but, but in the end... The, the best part is there is a lot of communication on Luna Sky. I know I'm a um, early on border and I'm just starting, but because there's different levels of entry levels of people and their talent, their knowledge, I think there's a huge reach from all the people that are involved. And that includes anybody that has said anything to me uh, from Moon, Hyper, uh, Evergo Love, you guys have all said stuff. And then even though it's encouraging, you have things that I read that I don't necessarily have to ask the question later because you guys are just bringing it all out there. So I just want to make sure I said that. I, I appreciate so, that. And uh, um, your 20 bucks is on the way. 
son of a bitch. Just buy all just buy all two hundred of those piters, I'll be all right. <laughs> thanks for thanks for you know, it's I really love hearing these stories of you know what people's personal experience is going on. Because I mean I don't have access to Luna Sky. It's not something that I mean, I love the platform, but I just this is not something that I need right now. And so I love hearing the behind the scenes and uh, of what you guys are experiencing. If you're having any bugs or anything like that, it's kind of cool to hear. And, you know, they're getting dealt with. So it's, it's just great news. We're not like at a ever a standstill saying we can't figure this one out. It's just a matter of addressing them and one by one dealing with it and then moving on and one one day closer to release. So super good news. Yeah, and it's, it's these little things that affect only certain people uh, a lot of times. And so... You know, with a, with a small group, it affects, you know, one or two people. It doesn't seem like a big deal. But if you multiply that by 30,000 people, well, then, you know, me and Cody and the rest of the customer service team are going to be pretty busy. So it's a lot better to just square these things and get it, uh, you know, really be production ready before launch so that just everyone can have a good experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump back in there again, because right at the very beginning, I did have an issue logging in. Um, and it was basically because of, I'll call it Rust Wallet. Um, that was basically the issue and, but it, 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 these guys took, took a little while to figure it out, but they figured it out. Basically, it seemed like everything was timing out on me. It just needed more time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And then when you get in the website, the platform, sorry, when you get into the platform, you start using it, it flows nice. Once your brain says, oh, you got to go here and do this, you read the instructions a little bit. It's like, oh, man, this flows really well. So, okay, now I'm going to shut it off and not talk anymore. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it, Trek. Thank you so much. You're not getting any more money, by the way. bucks is all you get for that. <laughs> There's no bonus. Never go love. Please jump in. Yeah, first off, safe journeys, Trek. I know uh, you do a lot of miles, man, so... I uh, appreciate everything you do. Uh, if it wasn't for the truckers in this world, we wouldn't have the things we have. So really appreciate it. Um, but like you said, no, I'm, I'm on early access. We don't we don't get paid. Um, everything that I post or that I've learned, uh, you know, I try to put up screenshots or I try to put up an image or, you know, it's just stuff I learn as I go. Because like I said before, I'm, I've only used the previous version. So... I'm learning a lot. I've reached out to Rocket and Cody several times. I've asked Lisa questions. I've gone through the help. Um, and I'm still learning things. There's still things that are, are on there that I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know it could do this. You know, it's just it's just amazing. So all this information that's coming out, it's it's definitely not like paid advertisement or anything. We're not sponsors or anything. We just support the project because it's just amazing and people deserve to be able to see what we're, what's going to be offered. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for everybody to get prepared. Everybody that's reading all these posts and all these comments, they're just a step ahead of where we were uh, with the early access people. Trek was saying, yeah, uh, V2 is uh, nothing like the original version, which is, uh, which is really interesting because I, I honestly didn't think beta was that bad. Um, you know, there were some couple of little issues that I didn't like, but, but for the most part, I liked it. And, um, when I see, when I get to see the, the newest version, I'm going to hopefully be able to reflect back and go, wow, this is like night and day. Moon, did you want to jump in? 
Yeah, I just want to say, uh, um, I know I said this last spaces, but I have to say it again. I have to shout out uh, Cody and Rocket. Uh, they've been, like I said last time, absolute untireable machine. Um, day and night, uh, they are having to deal with enormous, enormous pressure uh, from the community to release when this guy. They're having to deal with the early onboarders and technical issues here and there. I had a few. Uh, some others had uh, issues. And they're there to respond almost immediately. They, and I, they have been absolute machines. And I cannot respect Cody and Rocket enough. They've done so much work. And ultimately, it's them making this possible. So respect. Yeah, I might get some in a minute. Sorry. Was that there, Everglip? Are you just are you just rear muted? No, I forget to I forget to put push mute. I was responding to somebody in the family telling me there's some food and you know food takes priority, so absolutely. <laughs> Especially if it's chicken nuggets. <laughs> right on. Right on. Trek, I really appreciate your feedback again. Thank you for just first saying that. Um, I don't really have anything else to cover really today, um, but we can open it up. You guys have something you want to ask a question about or just general discussion? By all means, uh, come on up. I'm more than happy to, to talk to you about it. And any questions? Uh, so I have something uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, this is regarding Atlas Wallet uh, because, I, you know, we talked about security and what Shaq was saying and, you know, uh, multiple signature security and that just came to my head now this is not going to be easy to implement but imagine something like that on atlas wallet i mean that would be absolutely insane at least to me i mean if we can get if we focus on security it, we could get to a point going forward where we are literally we would be literally the most secure wallet in the market just imagine the marketing we could do with that, because that would be absolutely insane, and the trust that that would bring. So it might be a very good idea to really focus on security innovation within Atlas going forward after it releases, of course, uh, but focusing on that, because there's a huge market for that. You're absolutely right. The you know security, wallet security, is probably one of the most fundamental things in crypto that you could really talk about, um, you know, it's, I, you know, the other day I was, um, I had some, some tokens that I had put into another project and I, I can't remember what exactly I did. I don't know if it was like some sort of liquidity providing or something like that or some sort of pool. And so obviously the tokens were taken out much like when you stake them, like let's say for Drew Labs or something. And then, so I went back in there, the, the website had changed. And so I was looking around, I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? Well, um, after I connected my wallet, all of a sudden I saw a, uh, a notice, basically that transaction approved. And I was like, oh, my, my heart just dropped. I'm like, what the hell? Um, luckily, the tokens came back into my wallet, uh, the ones I had staked or whatever. Um, it was a little weird because they're, they don't have any value to them. I don't really know how that's, that's another story. But, but, you know, when you see that, I mean, and you didn't actually authorize the transaction, I mean, like I said, you're, my heart just dropped and I was like, you know, I figured I got cleaned out or something. If you can find a way to make a, a DeFi wallet safer, more secure, um, yeah, everybody will want it. Everybody will want it. I think it's something that's really, like, so needed in this space. And I'm definitely going to check out what uh, 
what Shaq was talking about with the multi uh, multi sig because I want to learn more about it. But it's know. one of the best security solutions oh, yeah. that I've ever heard. I, I love that actually. I wonder, does anybody else here in the space if they have any experience with doing that? Just give me a thumbs up if you if you've experienced that. You're kind of that's what you have set up for yourself. I haven't. If I if I see more than a couple thumbs up, I'll be really surprised. I don't see anything so far. So we'll do a little digging. Maybe maybe we can find some info on that. And um, go ahead, Evergolo. Yeah, if we can put together something, I know we've got some community members that do really good at making some posts and stuff. It'd be nice for us to tweet that out um, from the community showing, hey, this is another secure way just to bring more attention and secure security awareness to the project and to our community partners uh, just to put that together. Uh, but while I'm also talking, I did want to go ahead and just say, you know, um, from a community, we appreciate you doing these spaces and we appreciate every single one. Um, all the recordings you do, all the time you put into it, and the way you bring people into this from Chain Arc to Bandroids to, you know, the frogs and just uh, the plague, everybody. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see what's being driven in your spaces, knowing, I mean, I can remember listening to some of your first early spaces, and to see where this has gone already is just amazing. It's very polite it's very respectable and it's one of my favorite spaces to listen to because everybody's not just like trying to dog each other or trying to take over the conversation or anything it's it's just a very respectable space and i i personally and i know a lot of community members appreciate everything you're doing i really appreciate you saying that man i really really do um and i appreciate that you take it off of speaker when you're in the office so that the ladies when they come in they uh don't hang around for too long. So <laughs> to listen to the great content on these spaces <laughs> and the guest speakers, of course, too. <laughs> uh, it's too funny. Yeah. I just want to, I want to give you guys uh, a big shout out and a thank you for, for being here today. Um, of course I'm going to, they had to drop off, but uh, CK and Shaq and Moon, Evergo Love, Hassan, Trek Journey. Thank you for being here today and comments rocket. Of course. Thank you so much. Uh, give out a shout out to the uh, the other people that are in here. You know, we got the the plague community and the froggy friends and the space riders and the sappy seals. I saw a couple of them in here too. And I'm just gonna go right down through here. Who else we got? We got Hyper Beam. How you doing, sir? Wen Couch, Hawkish, Simon, Dragfist. Good to be here with you. Joel M. We got sir, Optic. Good to see you, man. And we got HAR. Is that Heart EGC or Heart EGC? I Savior. We got, of course, Will, Gratian, Alaska Moose Dog, Axie Fan. Thank you for the um, all the suggestions you're making for Atlas Wallet. Hard work that goes into that. Really, really appreciate you supporting the community. Big B. We got, of course, we had Jack Oates in here too. Left Defense. I haven't seen you in a long time. Left Defense. Thanks for being back here. And G Zero Taxi Man and ADL Evergrow. Haven't seen you in a while too. Thanks for being back here. Dub Z. We also got the Crypto Blade. That's a new one I haven't seen before. Welcome. Uh, Plax Tico, if I pronounce that uh, wrong, please forgive me. And Tom, who else we got? Audacity, I like that. That's really cool. And Rhino Tough, Safe Moon DG, good to see you here as well. Bandman and Crypto Prophet, good to see you again, as well as Salcomania. And Nuevo Hombre, 
as well as Steven and Bobcat. And lastly, Krosis. Thanks, you guys, for being here today on your Saturday. A quick reminder, in a couple weeks, we're going to be interviewing the DeFi Education Fund. We're going to have a couple guys from, uh, from that organization. And what they do is they support DeFi. They um, basically advocate to uh, the politicians and Congress on behalf of DeFi. So they're going to come in and tell us a little bit about their organization, the good work that they're doing in DeFi. And uh, they actually have an amicus brief that's before the New York, what is it now? The New York, which court? I can't remember what it is now. For the case, that's the SEC versus Coinbase. You can, um, let's see if we can find that and, li and link that so you can actually read it. Very, very good a brief. So they're going to be on a couple of weeks, not next Saturday, but the Saturday after. So look forward to seeing you there. Set your reminders. I'm going to pin that to, to my profile. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Any final thoughts before we close for the uh, for the Space Today rocket? Want to rocket? I don't know if you have any final thoughts. before. I'm sorry. I missed that last part. Oh, I just was, uh, you mean about uh, the DeFi Educate Fund or, or after that? Uh, just the last couple seconds. Oh, I was just saying if you had any final thoughts before we close the space out for today. Oh, final thoughts. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for coming. I, I really appreciate the uh, the early access uh, onboarders. Um, you know, it's it's definitely been a transition going from the uh, the beta version of Luna Sky, which let's be honest, was not great. Um, and so, especially since that was their their first experience with a marketplace. Uh, to then go to something like the current version uh, of Luna Sky, it's a transition. So I really appreciate all your patience and uh, really just uh, tackling it. You guys have done a great job. Much appreciated. How about you, Moon? Any final thoughts? You a... Yep. Uh, my final thoughts is this is the best damn spaces in all of Twitter. And thank you, Evergrow, Steve. You are an incredible asset to this community. And couldn't say that enough so thank you oh man thank you so much for saying that i really appreciate it you know you guys are just all so amazing magnanimous and i really appreciate it how about you ever Grilliff? no i just want to just like i said i appreciate everybody being here and just the communities that have come together uh, it's it's so good to see so many communities coming into this space and so many people just working together for the same purpose it's just it's just amazing to see and this goes right along with the whole reason I do my creations and stuff. Just sharing the love, sharing the kindness, sharing, you know, being a part of something. Absolutely. You know, I never thought that I would ever find a community as, as great. I always thought crypto was kind of one of those things you got into, didn't make any friends. You just kind of, you were the lone wolf in there. You know what I mean? Get in, make your money, get out. Uh, you know, because it was dangerous out there. You know, you go into Discord, Telegram. There's a lot of there's a lot of danger in there. You got to be so careful. So I was always played it very safe. But after I got to know you guys um, and realized that there are a lot of great people in crypto, a lot of great people in you know, in Evergrow, I just couldn't help but just stay here and, and try to support you guys. So that's why I do these spaces. Thank you. I really appreciate it. How about you, Trek? Do you have a minute to any final thoughts? Or we could still talk at all, Trek. Yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm getting old. It's getting harder. But there's a lot of great people on this uh, site and this group. Um, keep up the great work. And uh, for anybody that doesn't believe it, 
let me tell you, I know, I can tell Rocket, Cody, the devs, they must be working their asses off because you can you can hear in their voice from the morning to the afternoon to the day, there's different tones because they, they're getting tired, but it's getting there and it's going to launch and it's going to be amazing. Oh man, what a way to finish the space. Absolutely. Got so many people that are kind of behind the scenes that make this work, you know, on, like you said, we were talking about on Facebook on Discord, on Telegram, all the people that, that give their time to help support you guys. Take advantage of those resources. You know, here even here on Twitter too as well. If you got questions, reach out to us. We're all we're all available and we're all here to help. We want to support you. We want to see you do great. So so yeah. Thank you for saying that Trek. Absolutely. I just cannot wait to see Luna Sky launch. So let's finish it there. You guys have a great rest of your weekend and uh, a great week coming up. And we'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place. Have a good one. And bye for now, guys.